Ultimate Lounge in Austin, Texas. You're listening to the Feedback Podcast. What up, everybody? It's back with the Feedback Podcast. And in this episode, I get to talk to the man, Deuce King, who's worked to throw our multiple places here in town, including Spill, if you remember Spill back in the day, uh, Pure, uh, 219, now he's over at Lit Lounge. And we talk about uh, how he came up uh, in Seguin, Texas, and, you know, he's moved to Austin as a training MMA fighter. Yeah, he can kick some serious ass. I mean, it's, it's crazy. So working the door was the best job for him. So we talk about that. We talk about some of the things that he has to deal with. You know, the drunks, uh, the pet peeves, you know, co- people coming at him, some of the fights he's got into, and there are some great stories he gets to tell on this show. All in all, great guy to talk to. I've known him for years, really great people. On another note, make sure you mark Saturday, December 13th at Frank Feedback Party, Launcher Now Wire, and we got DJ Ash and DJ Mel coming to spin for us. So uh, make sure you're, you're up on that, put it in your calendar, put it in your on your phone, put it on the post-it, on the fridge, on your hand, whatever you need to. All right, let's go. And we're live. Welcome to the Feedback Podcast. Uh, my name is Back, and today I get to talk to the one and only Mr. Deuce King. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming. And happy belated birthday, actually. Thank you. What is that, 32? 33. Th- damn. Oh, yeah. And, Getting up there. Uh, I'm 32. I'm, I'm, I'm almost there. Fuck. <laughs> Oh well, we're all right. Uh, so you're, you know, you've been a, a bouncer, door guy. What, what, what's the, what's the, how do you? I mean, what do you want to call it? Bouncer, door guy, security. What's all? It's all all encompassing. It's one and the same. Uh, security would be a, a way to put it where it covers all the bases. Security. Yeah, because but you people, do more than that. You do more yeah. than security. Well, all bouncers, all doormen are bouncers, but all bouncers aren't doormen. You know, so huh. I happen to be a doorman. Well, know, explain so. that. Explain that. A doorman is uh, kind of like the quarterback of the bouncers, like the the guy who's at the door checking IDs. He's uh-huh. still a bouncer. Most of your altercations happen at the door. It's preventative, so it's the, the most of the bouncing falls on the actual doorman because uh, because you're not supposed to let a certain element in. When you don't let them in, mm-hmm. they usually don't take it well. And a lot of the most of the altercations happen right there at the front because you didn't let them in. So I mean, most of I'd say that that'd be most of the bouncing that happens on uh, any given night happens at the door. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not actually bouncing them out of the club. You're 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 defending the club from them coming in. Um, so, but but a bouncer is just anybody anybody might be stationed in the club that bounces the wrong element out. A oh. doorman is a bouncer. He's just a little more than a bouncer because he also checks IDs and controls the line. Oh, all right. I didn't know there was a difference. I always thought, okay, there's this dude, like, if you step out of line, he's going to check you. Well, you know, like, <laughs> you know, like, when you walk up to a club, the guy at the door? Yeah. He's a bouncer, but he's the doorman. Now, when once you pass him, any bouncers that might be positioned in the club are just bouncers. Gotcha. Gotcha, gotcha. And we'll, we'll get more into that, but uh, let's get into your uh, your backstory. Are you originally from? Um, Seguin. Seguin. Oh, right down the, down the road. Mm-hmm. Nice. Seguin, Texas. And what, what brought you to Austin? Well, uh, in in two thousand and five, I had I had uh I'd fought a few times uh, as an amateur mixed martial artist, and uh, it was time for me to go pro. And at that point in time in Texas, there wasn't a, a scene for it in small 
areas like my area. Mm-hmm. So I had to move to a, a bigger spot. And my first, the first spot on my list, I, my only thing is I wanted to stay in Texas mm-hmm. uh, for friends and family. I wanted to be close enough to get to Seguin if I had to. And uh, I, I launched out to Dallas and explored a gym there. It wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, thanks but no thanks. I, I, my next spot on the on the list was in Cedar Park. And at that time, I didn't even know Cedar Park was... Uh, was well, like Cedar Park North, like one North. road? <laughs> yeah, no, it wasn't. It wasn't that small, but it was pretty small compared to how it is today. But I didn't know Cedar Park was even North Austin. I didn't really exactly know what Cedar Park was, but when I went to it, I'm like, oh, this is just North Austin. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, so I passed them all, and then there you yeah, are. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I had I've been in Cedar Park from 2000. I got I got to that area in 2005, late 2005, and uh, I've been here since then. Um, about a year ago, I moved from Cedar Park to Pflugerville. Wait, so when you were back in Seguin, uh, is there a scene in Seguin? Or would you go to San Antonio, or would you? Like, I would. Did, did you have those years when, in your twenties, I would say that you went out in that area? And what was that like? Oh, like a like a nightlife scene. Yeah, yeah, nightlife scene. Yeah. Um, there is a scene in in Seguin, but uh, but no, not really. Nothing like like today. In, in Austin or well, yeah, I mean city, Austin you know. is another level. It's a but. bunch of real country bars. Most of the scene there is a uh, like uh, the the bars in Seguin. There's only like four of them, and they're all spots where where they're all controlled by like Mexican mafia or biker gangs. And really, it's a bunch of drugs and a bunch of bad element stuff. Were you in there growing up? Um, in the in the bars, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, a lot. Like those four bars, you were a lot, yeah. Really, I mean. Yeah. And what so did you like were you just going out or were you actually working there or where would you Oh what, no what no no. I never worked at any of those bars. I go out as a as a customer, as a patron. Uh-huh. Go out to drink with my friends. Did you did you go down to San Antonio too? Yeah, that's a that's a thing. Uh, we we spent a lot of the week at the bars in Seguin, but on the weekends we'd always either we usually me and my friends we'd like to go to San Antonio one weekend and then Austin the next. Man, you San- know, because it's about the same distance. To yeah, right. One of them. Right. I mean, San Antonio. Uh, I can't. I, I've been a few times. I think that's the first time I ever seen a bar in a shopping center. I thought that was funny. Yeah. And uh, and that was the first time that I saw a video DJ. It was this oh. old guy behind like five screens, and he was mixing videos. I'm like, what the hell? People just standing there watching videos instead of dancing. Yeah. But I, I don't I can't say that I know much about the San Antonio scene. From what I heard, uh people tell me the best part of San Antonio nightlife is Austin. <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Um San Antonio is not a good city, honestly. <laughs> all in all, you'd much rather be in Austin. It's much more friendly, much more laid back, uh a better social scene to get mixed up in. Now San Antonio was just a hair closer to Seguin mm-hmm. than Austin and uh and it's more like minded. You know the 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 atmosphere. So run by the Mexican mafia. <laughs> yeah, all that stuff. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's like San Antonio is a little bit closer to home. And when we first started going to Austin, it was very it was shocking. So we we tend to be more in San Antonio when I was young before I moved here for, for to pursue my profession. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was just because it was it was more like what we were used to. And uh, oh, okay. even though that wasn't a good thing, we were off put by. I mean, we're all, we're all from real country town, and we were young boys. We'd come up here, and uh, at that time, I mean, Austin's still pretty, like, uh, 
I don't know. We weren't used to like the how big the homosexual scene was um, in oh. the, in the city. Yeah. It was just overwhelming, and we did we weren't we we didn't have the eyes for it. We'd wander into a bar and not know. You know, it yep. was a specific type of bar. It was just weird. <laughs> it was weird. Right none of us are, Yeah, exactly. None of us are. We're homophobic, nor are we now. But it was just weird. It was it was too weird. And and the city prides itself on being weird. That's and, true. Uh, so you know, it was just kind of shocking when we come out. We see things that we weren't used to seeing, mm-hmm. and uh, so we'd 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 mostly go to San Antonio. But looking back, man, it was a big mistake on our part. What did you ever get? Did you ever get a run in with the with those guys, the Mexican mafia people? Not the Mexican mafia, you whatever know, you want to call it. I don't even know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was there was many more altercations in our nights in San Antonio than than Austin for sure. Austin is so passive, and even when people do fight, I mean, they're really just talking and hoping nothing happens for the most part. Uh huh. So, in San Antonio, not so much. So, um, what you were getting to. I mean, you're a fi- you're what, were you already a fighter at the time, MMA fighter, um, or at least training to become. one? I was training. I I wasn't a fighter. I was training. So going out in those in those days, were you like kind of eager to fight when you go out, or do you ever get get caught up in a situation? I was always like the the guy out of my group because it was always group type things. I'd never be out by myself. Yeah, I was with the group, and everyone, no one usually comes out by themselves. They come out with groups. Yeah, so it'd usually be an altercation between my group and them, and uh, usually it'd be a team thing. But but if it was just a one on one thing, I was always the representative for my group. So yeah, I guess I, I like to fight a lot naturally. <laughs> if there is any type of reason for me to fight, I, I'm gonna fight. Really? So, so yeah, if I'm given a reason, even a half a reason. I like to fight. Is then, that is that something that you grew up with? Yeah, it's like a natural like, it's thing. Like, is it a in the family? Uh, I mean, your... my dad was my my dad was a boxer oh, for yeah, a very yeah. long time, so maybe so. I don't know. He's a, he's a lot more passive than me, and and in uh, his attitude, mm-hmm. you know, I don't see my dad going out and getting in street fights or anything like that. But uh, I don't know. It's always kind of been encrypted into me. Um, I, of course, I've never gone out looking for trouble. I consider myself. To be gentlemen and, and you know, uh, very, uh, very calm, yeah, very, yeah. very collected, very understanding person. But if there is a reason, then I'm, I'd love it. Oh, all it takes is one reason. Yeah, I'm, I'm someone, kinda hoping someone step a on someone step on your shoes wrong or. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, 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 no not I know, that, I know. You know. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Wait, so um, you come to see the park. So what was um, at the time? What what? Remember the spots you were hanging out in Austin when you when you came here? Well, I never really ever hang out anywhere, but when I came here, there was a guy. He's a, he was a fighter who I kind of looked up to mm-hmm. uh, on the Texas scene. He was a real big deal, and he was the one who drew me to the to the Cedar Park area. His name was uh, Aaron, the Executioner Flournoy, and that guy. Uh, I had watched him fight, you know, at a, a couple of pro shows in town. I was a little starstruck by the guy, but I I contacted him. There was a friend of mine. Um, from Seguin who went to UT after high school and and she had ended up going out on a couple of dates with this guy mm-hmm. and I saw him post on her MySpace page a couple of times and I was like oh my god how the hell how does Julie know Aaron Flournoy I was like and I called Julie and I was like hey you've got to put me in contact with this guy I I need to get up there you you know 
you know what my passion is. You know what I do. You know what I'm shooting to do. Just I fight for there. one reason. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, she already knew that I was pursuing the, but I didn't really know how. It was so new at that time. Yeah. In 2005, and there there was no scene. There were no amateur fights in in Texas. I would always have to leave leave and outsource, um, and um, and the pro scene was very very small. It was up and coming. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And. Julie was like, okay, okay, fine, I'll, I'll drop him a line. She's like, I don't, I don't really care to like, you know, we went out a couple times. It's not really my cup of tea, but and so I'd really, really not contact him at all. But I will contact him for you, and I'll put you in there with him. But you know, that's it, you know, because I don't really want to talk to this guy too much. <laughs> and I didn't know what that was about, but yeah, you know, I, I appreciated it. And she contacted him, and he shot me a message and. You know, the rest is history. I, I came up here, and Aaron Mexicutioner Flournoy happened to uh, happened to work at a nightclub called called uh, Spill Martini Bar. And uh, so he kept telling me, yeah, I could get you on. Not, you know, this is another thing. I was a co- recovering uh, crystal meth addict, methamphetamine addict, and, uh, for a long time. Who? Me, me. Oh, okay. Before I moved up here. I mean, not directly before I moved up here, but yeah, in my past, you know, I did like a six and a half year stint on that stuff, oh, and shit. Uh, and so that my main priority was, like I told you, I associate the bars in my hometown with with hard drugs, you know, like heroin and crystal meth. If you want to score any of that kind of stuff, you go to the bars, and that's that's kind of how Seguin is. Um, so I wasn't thrilled about um, being in a situation where I'd be around all that stuff again. Uh-huh. So whenever he was like, yeah, um, we lived in Cedar Park, but he worked downtown. He, he explained it to me. He's like, okay, well, uh, and I lived in a house with five fighters. I was one of five fighters. Um, and they all worked downtown. And they were like, As bouncers? Look. Yeah, as bouncers. And they said, hey, the way we make it work is that we could train all day, every day, and still supplement our income so we don't have to fight every month just to pay the bills. And uh, it works pretty good. Um, and they're not eight hour shifts. So if we're tired from a day's training, train six hours a day, six days a week after we're done, we can go down and kind of just hang out at the door, you know, or hang out in the bar and we're there. We're just an insurance policy. He's like, if nothing happens, they still got to pay you. Right. And and nothing's usually going to happen. And when it, when it does happen, we're like, it's something that we're specifically specialized in. So it's not even like real work. You know, you're going and removing some people from the bar. You know, something that you probably already naturally wanted to do anyways. Well, check motherfuckers out anyway. (laughs) Now you're getting paid to do it, and you're you're justified. You know, you're 100% justified. So I was like, you know, I was like, hey, you know, as much as I appreciate that offer, you know, I didn't really care to get into my past with them at this time. They were just meeting me on on the fight team. Yeah. I didn't want to, you know, put my cards out there, but I was like, you know, for my own personal reasons, I don't want to. I don't want to work in is, bars. Is that usually how it works? Like, a bunch of fighters live in a house, and then they train together, and then there's one guy who's, like, not runs it, but who knows? No, I wouldn't happening? I wouldn't say that's a, the common it's not, way of it. It, it no. just happened that way. Yeah, it you. just happened that way. Okay. Uh, since then, I haven't seen that, that type of scenario too many times. Okay. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I, I declined, and I just worked at some gas station to get me started um, that was down the street from where I was. It was like a speedy stop or something. Yeah. And I, that was, you know, it was hard on my training regiment and I would have to kind of miss practices sometimes and and it was really annoying to watch them all thrive in their training regime and and 
and not not be taxed by their job while I was. You know, when I could get to the gym, I'm half asleep because of my, you know, my shifts. Your hours, yeah. Would change per week. And um, finally, uh, I'm off on the weekend, and they're like, hey, uh, this weekend, since you're off, how about you just come down to the bar and hang out and, uh, where we work? You just hang out, and we'll get you free drinks and stuff and, you know, mm-hmm. kind of coast you. And I was like, that's cool. You know, I don't have anything else to do. I don't know anybody in this town. Cool. So I go down with them, and uh, now I see what it's like, and, this town is completely different than, than the town I'm from. You know, there's no elements of of drug like hardcore drugs and gangs. I mean, they, you got people doing drugs, but they're not the type of drugs that yeah, yeah, yeah. I ever they, had a run in. The college with. kids. Yeah, yeah. It's just like social drugs. Everyone's drinking alcohol and doing cocaine. Yeah. And neither one of them are a big, you know, big thing with me. I've never been in either one of them. Right. Um, I mean, I'll drink socially, but cocaine never. And then after you've Done crystal meth for six and a half years. Cocaine is like a, like chugging a Mountain like Dew candy. or something. Yeah. It's like, ooh, ooh, you know? you're doing cocaine. Yeah. You're so hardcore. Like, yeah, Look yeah, at I've you. I've stayed up nine days a couple of different times in my life. Cocaine's <laughs> just not gonna do it. So it's it's not a threat. When I went down there and I saw how it was, you know, I started reconsidering it, especially because my my job that I had at the time wasn't really cutting it for me. Mm-hmm. So. I said, you know what, I'm going to give this a shot. I moved and I started working down there in 2006 and at Spill Martini Bar only because I didn't know that bar from any other bar in, in the world. It was just the bar that Aaron worked at and he could get Wait, me you're in. talking about Spill on 6th yeah, Street? Yeah, Spill. Yep. It was called Spill Martini Bar? Yeah, Spill was actual, actually called Spill Martini I Bar. I mean, there was a martini yeah, on the logo. Yeah, and did you see, remember the, the podium was the martini glass? I never noticed, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a martini bar in our. Who but, drinks martinis there? You know what? <laughs> drink martinis before, there. Before I was at Spill, when they first launched Spill, uh-huh. um, they had a, a 22 martini, 22 drink martini menu, and they specialized in martinis. They tried this for a while. It didn't really work out, so they scrapped the martini menu, and they went college with it, but but they retained the name. So it was still called Spill Martini Bar. I've never called it that. Yeah, yeah. The sign says Spill, but if you watch, looked at our shirts, yeah. spill, under the spill it said Martini Bar. Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah, the martini glass. Our uh, promo drink, you remember how we'd promo girls in? Yeah. We'd give them apple teenies in the martini glass. You know, that that uh, was just Yeah, I thing. remember that, but I never I, I never noticed. Yeah. It was, I, don't, I don't even think it was part of the the... The sign or no 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 it was the just, just spill, spill with but it had a martini yeah. on it with the a lot an yeah. olive yeah 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 for the, for those who uh, don't know uh, spill is what Bourbon Girl is today and it was opened by the Yassin brothers who basically ran downtown spill for is years. what Bourbon Girl wishes it was today yeah what bourbon girl shoots to be yeah but i mean if you think about all the stuff that these guys put between platinum x and treasure island and fuel spill vici royale qua i mean they're running the shit they fucked up they're really fucked up in a major way but uh spill had its had his days man i remember going in there and i met a lot of people there and i remember at the time um yeah we met there yeah we met shit i met i met you there yeah and the thing I liked about it was that any place you go to, and it's a designated dance floor, was always was always a plus for me. And remember, when you, so you had the door on the left, and the door you walk in on the left, and you walk out on the right. Yep. 
And so, and the the dance floor was on the right hand side, uh, along that wall. Yep. And you could still, basically, people would just walk by, and you could see the dance floor from outside. And if mm-hmm. it was jammed, you know, you just you know go inside. And the music was dope. Uh, people, everybody danced in that in that joint. I remember. Yeah. yeah man. See, at the time, I was just the luck of the draw because I had no idea what spill was and what any of the other bars were. I yeah. So you didn't, didn't really. really do, yeah, I got there. I thought, okay, well, this is just some random bar. It, yeah, it's, it's just probably there. gonna suck, or it might be okay. But Spill was really, really cool. But but you never you, you never had, so you never really experienced Sixth Street. No, like you never there'd really be a couple went, times that when we'd come to Austin, that uh that uh you know when I was in when I was younger before I'd left the game. Do you remember where we'd where, come? Those places? We, you know, no, because to me they were just it was like one big bar. You know, yeah. that's how I see Austin still, because in most cities, there's cover and they're more spread out. You mm-hmm. go to a place and you're at that place. Yeah, you know? it's a destination. Until y'all get in your car and leave and go to another place. And Austin is like one giant street full of bars. And so to me, it's like they're just the same bar with with different, different rooms. Yeah, and different names. Yeah. Like you go in one, you come out of one room and go in the next room. I mean, there's no cover. There's nothing. Nobody ever goes, hey, man, let's go to the Blind Pig tonight. Or hey, let's go down and did they go to go, six? Yeah, they, yeah, they go to Dirty Six or whatever region of six or yeah. downtown, and they bar hop. Everyone bar hops. Yeah, you know, I that was. Uh, I mean, that that's the thing with us. I mean, I wasn't really. Um, like I said, I started. I started Platinum X Treasure between those two, and then worked my way west. I remember one time, well, Spill Open, I was there, and then there was Barcelona, and then Firehouse. I was going between those. But if you think about it, it's true that, you know, 6th Street, for the most part, it's the same shit one door to the next. Yeah, I mean... I mean, I don't, I don't see a difference between the aquarium and library. Have you ever been to a bar where they have multiple rooms where there's a country room and a, and a rap room? And, I, you know, in San Antonio, there's Bar popular was like that. Yeah, see, that's what I see 6th Street. There's just different themed bars, but there's different themed rooms in the same giant bar. Yeah. Because there's no cover... And they're all just walking in and out. Don't matter. Yeah, it's too easy. It's too easy. So you never really been. So you don't. So you were just there at Spill, working the door. Yep. At the time I worked, when I worked at Spill, I worked seven days a week. The only time I was ever off is if I fought, and I would get that weekend off. So wait. So what? When? So when they told you? When you? Your friends told you? Hey. So we're doing this thing. It's very easy. Uh, Your schedule is going to be more um ah. the schedule you go, your schedule you're gonna have is gonna help your you know fighting career yeah, because you get to train freedom. all day yeah exactly so did it tell you like you know basically what that entails in detail or did you just find out on on the on the spot found out on the spot and they kind of they were there to guide me along the way like what would it what, what would it tell you what some of the things it told you you know, like when, whenever an altercation or a situation would occur, depending on what situation it was, and they would go from there and they would plug in how they would handle it or how they wouldn't handle it and why. But were you officially trained by the bar? Like they told you, okay, you're oh, yeah, going to yeah, yeah, work yeah. there. This is what you need to have. This is what you need to do. You yeah. need a license, background check, like all of that shit. Um, well, we went online and did the license. It's a, like a TABC licensing that's required, but it's just an online course. Mm-hmm. And the bar kind of gives you the rundown of what they expect of you throughout the night, but I mean, there's no real, there's no job not, description. You no, know, we're not security officers. We're security 
Um, we're just security. We're we're bouncers. There's a difference. Security officers have to be licensed to be security officers. I used to be a security officer a long, long, long time ago. Mm-hmm. But um, but uh, yeah, no. Did you say just stand there and then if shit happens, you gotta handle it? Otherwise, yeah, you check they, IDs. Yeah, you know, like I don't. I think you remember spills. Most of your altercations or most of your job was uh was dress code with the, with a yeah, lot of with a lot true. of their bars that. Their whole thing is, you know, they're they're from countries where the bars that that succeeded were were exclusive bars. So they wanted first first and foremost, the main reason for the dress code was just to make it exclusive. Yeah. Make it something that people wanted to do. Yep. If you tell somebody they can't do something, they want to do it. And they had that <laughs> they, they were very good at psychological angles. And Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, they would make Yeah, you might go home pissed off one night that you didn't get in, but next time you came down there, you were looking, you were looking on point, you know, because <laughs> you wanted to come in that bar, because then it was just principle, mm-hmm. you know. Um, all your friends were in there, and that's where the good time is. That's where you want to be. So most of our uh, most of our problems or responsibilities would boil down to dress code. I mean, of course, there's the fake IDs and yeah. stuff like that, but even those, even in this college town, the, those weren't as common as dress code violations you know that that was the main thing yeah but i mean i i had a whole show about about dress code uh, i don't know if you, i don't know if you heard about what happened to uh, kung fu and oh yeah 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 with the, the racial discrimination mm-hmm. and all that bullshit and i understand that but I, knowing those guys and i know where they're coming from and actually the first time i went out in austin at platinum x they won't let me in because my pants were baggy Yeah, and then I acted like I didn't speak English, and I spoke my African language. I mean, the Yassin brothers—they're from uh, they grew up in Ivory Coast, so yeah. they started speaking my language, and then that's how we connected, and we were cool after that. But otherwise, it would have been like, no, nah, you can't, you can't come in with that. Uh, but that shit only lasts for so long, especially when, like, when when it it's brand new and it opens, you know, like okay, well, we only allow slacks in here, and you know, dress shoes. You know, and then three months later, well, you're on Sixth Street and you have this traffic, yeah. you know, all over the place, and you want to capitalize on that. It's okay to be exclusive at first, but then at some point you have to be relaxed. Like, oh, you have sneakers on, whatever, come in. What language did they speak that you spoke? Wolof. Wolof. Then you book a damn leggy leggy. What? <laughs> what was that? Oh man, uh, I don't know. So my my. Uh, that wasn't Wolof, man. No. Nuh-uh. My. Uh, Didn't you book a dim legge legge? Dem I book a dim? This is something I learned when I was super young. Maybe I have it wrong now. Wait, wait, what are you trying to say? What is it? It says, uh, you come come here now, boy. Mm, nah. No? No. Uh, I probably have it twisted up. My uh That's fine. I have uh my stepdad was from Senegal. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah, he he used to tell me maybe not that, but something like that. Yeah, I guess I have it twisted. The my book of them means I want to go. <laughs> okay, at least that's what I that, that's what I heard. Okay, but anyway, um, so I mean, there is so you show up, you're doing the thing, and you just kind of learn on the spot. And so the job description is just check IDs, and if shit happens, just handle it. Yeah, pretty people much. are too drunk. Dress code. Don't let them in. Dress code. Um, And if uh, people are too hostile, if they're you know they seem like they're angry and riled mm-hmm. up, don't let them in. 
yeah. you know, basic stuff. And at that point, you pretty much know, okay, well, this is what I want to do because I can focus on the on my training and then I can yeah, do this. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was very easy at the end of the day. I mean, because it's kind of like you're at a party. As, you know, you're at a party that everyone's trying to get at, except you're getting paid to be there and you're not you're not paying to be but there. But you're not partying, so you're not really at the party. I'm you're the gatekeeper. Of a, yeah, yeah, I'm not much of a partier myself. Yeah. Know, even when I did go out, I'm just kind of there. Yeah. Angry. So you're the gatekeeper. You're the one that has that basically decides whether or not these people should well, can party or not. No, I'm I'm a I'm a tool. The owners decide when you own a place, you get to decide who comes in. The owners decide, and I speak on their behalf in their absence. They can't be everywhere uh-huh. at all their clubs, so they you know they have us, and we are. It's not our decision. The decision is not birthed in our head. We're giving we are given an outline and we have to follow. Okay. This is what happens whenever you have people working and you pay them right and because they're they're supposed to do a good job. Mm-hmm. You hire college kids to do a job and you pay them seven dollars an hour, then you're gonna get seven dollars an hour worth of work and they're gonna do whatever they wanna do and Yeah. You know. And, and sometimes that's the case, but us no, we we had specific guidelines and mm-hmm. uh we followed them. As, as, at least I did. See, because I mean, I've, I've, and I've talked about this on the show before. Where I'm from, um, in France, the door guy has all the power in the world. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when they know that you drove all the way there or you took the cab, you paid for whatever, and you, even if you're decked out, and he can look at you and be like, I don't like your shoes. Step see, right here. See, if we did that, um, we would be playing with the Yassin brothers at the time. The Yassin's money. We're yes. not going to have that. We're not yeah, gonna, I know, I know. We're not going to last long doing that. I know, I know. So that's why, yeah, they were very, very on top of that. They made sure that we didn't do that. I mean, maybe you did it a couple times, but if you ever got caught doing that, which eventually you would, mm-hmm. you wouldn't be working under them long because you keep this guy. Maybe that guy was going to go in and buy drink after drink after drink. Yeah, I mean, you can't, I do, you can't do it in Austin. Yeah, no, you can't. And the other thing. Your your competition is back to back to back to back. Yeah, can't get in here. You go next I'm door? not gonna pay you a hundred dollars. I'd just rather go next door or to one of the other two hundred bars. Right. So I mean, but you, um, there is still this this caricature of the door guy, you know, who is uh, that I think most people would agree on. It is a caricature. It's the big dude, douchey looking, mm-hmm. tattoos, muscle shirt. Uh, probably uh, wears sunglasses at night for no reason. Has a uh-huh. headset, you know, and he's not smiling. His arm is crossed, and he's mean. He's big. It's yeah. like right. So we don't. Well, actually, there's one place that has those guys. Summit does. They <laughs> kind of look like that. But um, for the most part, on Sixth Street, you don't really see that. So you run into and 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 the and whole thing. Summit is mostly owned by the people that own the Yellow Rose, so they brought that element downtown. Oh, really? Yeah, that that's why that's happening. Oh, okay, I didn't know that. When did that happen? When did that? That happened. That happened maybe like four months ago. You know, like Chad and Marty owned it. For, that owned uh, two nineteen. I don't know the guy, but yeah, okay. Um, and so you know, Marty left that partnership, and so Chad partnered with them. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And. And so they brought all this, them, like, yeah. Vegas-type exactly Vegas type security, like, dude on their headset, like, oh, we have a problem. Yeah. I'm going to ask you to step away. Yeah, but but you you agree with that caricature, right? Absolutely. Right. And and so 
anybody who's out there like, hey, I'm just it's Saturday night. I work my ass off or I study my ass off. I want to I just want to go out and have a good time. I got to get through that guy. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I have to get well, no matter. So you could be in any mood. You could have a, a you could have a shitty day. And if, if I if I try to get in and you having a shitty, uh, a shitty day, then that's harder on me because I'm just trying to get in. And then we, you don't you don't know what to expect in a way, you know, when you get when you when you're getting up there. But at the end of the day, you're the gatekeeper. Yeah, I, I guess so. I, I could see that. So but the thing is and what the thing that when I when I met you back then, I was like, you don't look anything like it. Yeah. Yeah, you I don't. Get that you, a lot. you you not. The, I mean, you're just there. You're not even really talking to anybody because no, you you see those guys. Because I mean, you're in your twenties. Uh, you're get hired to be a door guy. Like, oh sweet, I get to talk to chicks. I get yeah. to you know go grab those girls on the street. You don't do any of that shit, do you? Go no. grab the girls well, on the street. Yeah, every now and again, if our if our club needs that, I'll go promo. Uh huh. But yeah, the, the only reason people do that for clubs is. Because there's so many bars in downtown Austin, um, and none of them charge cover. Mm-hmm. The only incentive you have to go into one bar, other than the ones next to it on the same block, are the if there's girls. You see big groups of guys going in, peeking their head in, doing like a little head count, ratio count. And that's what, so yeah, we, we usually get groups of girls, we'll get them a bottle of champagne or around on the house, and we'll sit them up front to be eye candy. Yeah. Because that's what's going to bring the guys, which are going to bring the money. Exactly. No, I'm, I'm totally, I'm with that. And, but, I'm also, um, I'm, I'm a big proponent of uh, keeping the ratio as close to 50-50 as possible. But at the end of the day, if you're, as a business, if you're closing at 2 o'clock, you know, and you want to get as many guys are the ones who spend the money. Yeah. Really. So if you're saying, if you're going to say no to a group of five dudes, just because there's no girls in the group, you know, you could have lost. We would never say no to any group. No, I know. I know. Dudes, I'm yeah. saying from from a business standpoint, yeah. it's totally understandable not to really keep up with the ratio. Because yeah. unless you're uh, a destination bar, and even that, I, I haven't seen that many places do it here. And if they mm-hmm. did, it didn't work out anyway, because yeah. this is Austin. You just have to give them an incentive to come in. Yeah, exactly. So so you, you um, uh, want to tell you, hey, uh, we need, you know, some girls to come in there so grab the best red party. Say, hey, come yeah, on in. Exactly. We'll get you we'll put them there, and then we can market them to, to the guys passing by. Right. And oh, you market that to the yeah. To we're the like, group? hey guys, get in there and keep those girls company, you know. Are you hooking people up? Well, I mean, we're just suggesting that way. Oh, we get come on, how would that not work? You just got in yeah, like five yeah, girls. I mean, we're not talking to the girls about the guys, you know. Yeah, of course not. not. Yeah, we're not like, middlemaning yeah, we, we, it. We're just saying, hey, you know, why don't y'all come in? We got girls, cheap drinks. The girls are our sell point, an added sell point. If we have them in the bar. We got a bait. They're just bait. Yeah, <laughs> we're luring guys in because guys don't come out for cheap drinks. No matter how cheap your drinks are, you're, they'll be cheaper at your apartment. You're coming out for something. Most t- most times it's for girls. Yeah, of course. That's well. I can't even say that's only six feet. It's it's everywhere. I mean, yeah, it's universal. Yeah, it is. But to 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 go back to uh, what you do, uh, one. I mean, I, I don't think I, I don't think I've ever seen you just get out there. You know, the guys that go out and yell, "Hey, we got dollar this and two dollar that," and and I'm like, uh, one that's annoying, but I'm a dude, so I I don't really, <laughs> I 
I don't I don't really care. But do you, do you, did you have to do that shit too? Well, yeah, absolutely. Um, especially during during the early years. Nowadays, I yell from the door, mm-hmm. but um, but I'm not in the street yelling to random people. But thing thing with that is barking is you're just saturating them, letting them know what your deal is, and it's super annoying if you're a regular. Yeah. Like if you come down there all the time, you're so tired of hearing that every time. It's like harassment. You know, <laughs> I know, like, motherfucker. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let me guess. You got two dollar Jacobons just like yesterday and the day before. You know, it's like, yeah, um, it's annoying, but it, but it's, it's since every every single bar on Dirty is doing it, um, it's not going to stop you from coming in our bar because you're annoyed because everyone's doing it. So the next bar is gonna annoy you, you just as much. Does, does it and, annoy you? Do that well, kind of shit? Well, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I don't like it. I don't think you're ever going to meet a, a guy who's barking who likes to bark. Because we know it's annoying. So Oh, great. You know, yeah. <laughs> but but you're barking because because it, it's advertising. We're not allowed to hold up signs. You're not allowed to advertise drink prices in this town for uh-huh. whatever reason. In Travis County, you can't do that. Okay. So we can't write on, like, Rita boards or, you know, those little stands that they put out in yeah. front. Can't write actual drink specials. So in order, if the drink specials, everyone's trying to undercut everyone in this town um, to fight for business. And the only way we can get it out there is to yell. Wow. Yeah, it becomes a f- shout fest. In yeah, there. exactly. It and really it, does. It's annoying. I wish I didn't have to do it. I wish no one had to do it. I wish I didn't have to hear other people do it. Have but you, unfortunately, that's the nature of the business. Have you tried to get creative with that? Trying to do something different to bring people in there? Um. I mean, no. I, I in the past, I guess I've actually written the prices on signs, like on festivals or whatever. Yeah. But then, you know, a couple of times at a couple of different bars, I, I we we got ticketed for that. It works. No, but I mean, like, I don't know if you walk up to a group of girls and you, I don't know, start shadow boxing in front of them or something other than just hey. We no, got nothing like that. No, for me, it's just because they like gotta get creative. The thing is, if everybody's doing it. The same way, just barking out price uh, drink specials. You know, at some point well, you gotta get creative I mean, with it. You know, like uh, the, the promo thing. Yeah, uh, actually grabbing groups of girls and bringing them into bars. That was a Yasin thing. They innovated that. Now every single bar on Sixth oh, Street does that. Didn't know that either. Yeah, they started uh, at the at the time when they first started that when they launched that promoing scheme. It was a. Uh, That there was bouncers and then there was promo guys. There weren't they weren't one and the same. Is that the promosexuals? Yeah, that you we talk call about? them promosexuals. <laughs> yeah, and eventually they they just got the bouncers to do the promoing when they weren't bouncing, because basically the clubs on Sixth Street, nobody the clubs aren't full enough and the people aren't drunk enough to about twelve thirty one for there to be need for inside bouncers. So the bigger venues that did need inside bouncers, they wouldn't need them until later. And uh, the promoing is only used to spark it. It's used to ignite the night, to fill the bar up initially. After the bar's past a certain point, it's self-sufficient. You know, it's running itself. Yeah. Um, people are just going to see everyone in there and want to be in there because there's people. You don't have to yell and promo and bust your ass to get people in there anymore. But in order to get that going, um, you get a, you got to put the beta in the window. And uh, so, so we'd get the groups a drink or, or around on the house, and then they would come in. Basically, the guys that were promoing during the beginning of the night mm-hmm. weren't needed in the inside. So then at like 12.30, 1 o'clock, those guys would go in and position throughout the club and become bouncers. 
Oh. Yeah, after after a while. It began the homosexuals were their <laughs> own sexuals. I love the term. <laughs> and then they got rid of them and they started just making the bouncers. Do that way they would save money. I love the term promosexuals. <laughs> and then and then if the girls shut him down and go, Oh shit, I could have fucked that bitch. Yeah, but you they know. start talking shit and Yeah, you know how young guys are. Oh, it's gonna it. always be that way. Yeah, I know. But to go back to what I was saying earlier, um so you don't look intimidating. Mm-hmm. Like I said, you don't you you don't have that you don't have that caricature of the bouncer with the arms crossed and the big muscle to do can't can't clap that kind yeah. of shit. Yeah. So, um cuz you would think that one of the ways that um people would, you know, respect your establishment is if you have intimidating motherfuckers at the door. Like yeah. I've walked in I've walked in Summit and the dudes looked at me like I mean, I, w- I was wearing a, a blazer and, and everything and then didn't crack one smile. Or not even like, hey, thanks, you know, uh, right this way. Not, not, I'm not saying I, I expected to be escorted in, but at least like, you know, be somewhat open. Don't just close, okay, this is what I'm doing. And- yeah, because Summit is one of the only destination spots in this town. Yeah. It's, uh, there's only a couple of white-collar bars at Summit in Rio. Um, if you're go- if you're going for that, you've got to either go to one of those two places, and yeah, they're not yeah. even close to each other. So you'd have to walk a ways to get to the other one once yeah. you're already there. So it's like, so they can do that. They can be picky and choosy, and that that whole Studio Fifty Four element. Of yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're hard asses, and we have all the leverage, and you know they can do that there. Mm-hmm. Um, on Sixth Street, it doesn't work that way. Um, there's so many college bars in the same area. There's two white collar bars on in downtown Austin, and they're not even in the same area. Right, but did you feel like um, did you ever feel like because you don't really look intimidating, even though you can whoop a motherfucker ass because you're you're a trained professional MMA fighter, you know people just start shit just because. Oh, you absolutely! Don't. I think that's been like my downfall as a bouncer, like not being intimidating enough. You should get closer to the mic. Okay. Yeah, I don't, not being intimidating enough or not having enough voice infliction or, you know, whatever. Yeah, I'm, I mean, not a, I'm not an intimidating guy. I'm not going to raise my voice and, you know, to a to a crazy way with the person. And, you know, it's not my way. I'm not going to bone my shoulders up and get all in somebody's face. And, like, rah, 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 yeah, <laughs> I don't do a lot of barking. And if I did, maybe it would suit me a little better because I'm not a big guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know a lot of guys who are really good at, you know, barking, but they don't have any bite, you know, and and they might be big and they're just relying on that. Mm-hmm. Now, don't get me wrong. There are some people that have both areas covered. I don't. And because of that, a lot more people are prone to not really take me seriously. And that's happened a lot of times, especially early on when I first got to the town. People would just, like, check you? Like, yeah. try to test yeah, you? Like, oh, God, yeah. what's up, man? What's exactly. Your little skinny ass yeah, you from know. Seguin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, different ways. I would ask him, I would say, guys, a little too drunk. You know, basically, uh, when I began, I didn't do anything. I didn't make any moves except for the door uh, on my own. So if you were too drunk to come in, I stopped you. Mm -hmm. If you had a fake ID or or an under ID, I stopped you. If you had a dress code, I stopped you. But I didn't go in the club and ask anybody to leave for any weird reason. Once you were in there, I waited to be addressed. And with my general manager... Or, or the security manager that I was under mm-hmm. approached me and said, hey, this guy needs to leave or this group needs to leave or this needs to happen. Then I would re- react. 
Mm-hmm. I'll go up to them and say, hey, you guys had, had too much to drink or you guys did this or that. Whatever the case may be, uh, you have to leave for the night. And usually when that would happen, they wouldn't really take me seriously. And that was almost always a fight when it was me. Because, oh, yeah. because there's more of them. They figure that usually they're bigger than me. They would always, you know, be like, we're not going anywhere or, you know, make us leave. And then I would get the pleasure of making them leave. Oh, because all you need is a reason to fight, yeah, like yeah, you said earlier. God, yeah, in my head I'm thinking, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I get to do what I love. Oh, yeah. Get because, up here. I'm going to whoop your yeah. monkey. Oh. Because yeah. I won't do anything that uh, that isn't justified. It's just not in my nature. I can't bring myself to do it if I can't justify it. Right. But if I can justify it, I might smile while I'm doing it. So you'll never throw the first punch? No, never. Nope. You I ever had to? Never. Never, never have. I ever had to throw the first punch. I'll drag a person off the premise before before I hit them. And if if I grab them and drag them, to drag them away... And they hit me, then uh-huh. then they did that. So okay. then we're going from there. But I'll never hit anybody first. I never even move out of the way of a punch. I want them to hit me because once they hit me, I feel justified to do what I have to do. <laughs> you know, it, it makes it okay. It's like a green light. It's like, okay, legally, okay. I can whoop your ass. Yeah, I'm, I'm still not going to go above and beyond. Usually, usually what I do is I'll put them to sleep and I'll drag them off the property. Oh, you choke them out? Yeah. And that way, that way, it's so much easier. It's so so much more easy to drag a person unconscious, limp, um, off the property than it is to like fight somebody who's trying to stay. Or yeah, but if to, you have a group of a group of dudes, like they try to jump you at once. I uh, mean, it's I happened mean, there's so a, many times. Yeah, so but, many times. Usually, I put one to sleep, and then I'll I'll work on the next one, and I usually get through the whole group in a matter of time. Um, and and you have to remember that we have other bouncers in yeah, there as too. well. Yeah, so whenever enough smoke is made, and the other bouncers sense what's happening, then they they chime in too. So did did you uh, did you train the other bouncers maybe in some like basic yeah, MMA? Um, yeah, the yeah, scenes used to have me go from like bar to bar, showing the bouncers basic things. After they got they got hit with a series of lawsuits because people were getting broken teeth and broken orbitals and broken noses and so much. And it was the lawsuits. You know, it was Austin's a college town. There's a lot of rich rich ki- kids that come here, rich people that send their kids here. Yeah. And, you, you know, these people, their parents are doctors and lawyers and senators and stuff, and their kids come here to go to school. They get hurt or something. They sue the hell out of you. You know, that was happening more and more. And then they had this policy they would rather, like, at, at all costs, don't hit anybody. You know, at so, all costs. Yeah, like even if they're hitting you, don't hit them back. So what do you so, do? So we would we would resort to choking them, putting them to sleep because it doesn't really damage them. It just cuts the blood off from the brain to the heart. Right. After they go to sleep, we drag them out and then they're off the property. She so never had to call the cops or anything. I mean, we could. We could just that we were encouraged to file a report. So once we did that, to go get a cop from mm-hmm. the corner and say, "Hey, this happened," just so it's documented in case anything comes back. Right. But they're they're completely unharmed. There's but, not a scratch on them. There's no pain. Right. They're, they're just outside the club. But but legally, you are protected for what you're doing. I mean, oh, the, absolutely. the, the place they, is getting sued. Yeah, the place is getting sued. But as a bouncer, as long as they, they hit me first or, you know, if they, as long as they attack me in some way, mm-hmm. then, yeah, I'm, I'm okay. Now, if I tell them to leave and they say no, I can't just hit them, you know, or, you know, I can't. I can push them out. I can push their body out and while i'm pushing them if they hit me then i can hit them 
Right. You know, but I, I can't hurt them. I can't try to harm them. I can try to get them out of there. But, but, but try to get them out at all costs because it is your job. Yeah, but... But but if uh, if something... So, in a way, you're kind of... You're working for the establishment, so you're doing this on behalf of the establishment. So, if the establishment get, gets in trouble, can you get in trouble, too? You can if they if they sue you personally, but usually they they don't go after you. They go after the the bar, and that because that, that's where the money is to them. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, good point. Good point. And I mean, the chances of them winning against you is not really good either. Yeah. Well, you ever been in that situation? I'm in that situation right now. Really? Yep. What happened? Altercation at the bar not too not too long ago, but maybe like a month ago. Mm-hmm. Um, got, can you can got, you talk about it? Cause I mean, vaguely. Okay, that's know? fine. Yeah, that guy's just uh, trying to come in. They were ridiculously out of dress code. We told them they couldn't. You know, of course, they're saying that we're racist, and it's because they're black. And I tell them I'm black, and they're like, "You're not black. You're like Mexican or Puerto Rican or something." I'm like, "Okay, cool. <laughs> Thank you for letting me know what I am." <laughs> yeah, but you still can't come in, and uh, at multiple times you just kept yeah, pushing it. Yeah, and they were there for about thirty minutes. And uh, you know the guy uh, gotten gotten my got in my buddy's face. He was who also works there, and pushed him. And when he pushed him, I approached the guy just to make sure nothing more happened. I was gonna get between him and the guy. And when I did that, the guy swung on me, mm-hmm. and he swung on me, and I I grabbed him and I just put him to sleep. I didn't hit him or anything. I just put him to sleep. Mm-hmm. But he still went when he's suing. He's trying to sue the bar, and he's trying to sue me personally. Which uh, hasn't, that's never happened to me until now, but yeah, it is happening. Um, I mean, it probably won't go anywhere because the guy wasn't hurt at all and, and he initiated it. Right. You know, but we have the burden of proving that now. So, yeah, that's true. So we'll see what happens. Wow, good luck with that. Thank you. Shit. See, I don't, I, uh, I have a lot of respect for you, for anybody um, who works in that, uh, in that industry, whether you're a bartender, you're, bouncer uh your promoter or just the the owners don't really get exposed to that much day-to-day thing but uh just dealing it's not about the job it's really about the people and all those all those kids especially on sixth street uh you know you're in your 20s you're still young you think you got it you feel entitled for some reason I don't know where that comes from, yeah, but I, I want to believe. Every time I walk down the street, I'm like, I know how, I, I I put so many miles <laughs> on yeah. that street, but I look at the kids now and I'm like, man, I don't think I was like that. <laughs> I want to I want to think I was, and maybe I was. I mean, I wouldn't get you know, into fights. I'll tell you this: what? most of the crowd when I go to two nineteen on Sundays and I and I bounce there the one day a week, uh-huh. most of the crowd there are our age, and. um most of them, I remember whenever they were just old enough to start getting into the bars and just getting downtown on the scene, and yeah, and uh, and I remember that they were like that. You know, they <laughs> they would say that now, but I remember there's numerous people when I when I started working at 219 maybe a year and a half, two years ago. Yeah, that was the first time I'd ever been to West Sixth Street because I don't really go out or anything. I didn't even know exactly what it was. Yeah, and I remember when I was walking up to 219, I'm like looking for the name, trying to find which bar it is. I never went to Union Park. I guess it was that before. Yeah. But um I found it and I get there and my first shift I realized that every single person, not every person, but like just about almost every person, eighty percent of the people that were coming in 
I knew already from back in like 2005, 2006 when they were uh, down on dirty with the kids going crazy. Yeah. And half of them I had either beaten mercilessly at some point or another. <laughs> Or or you one of their them? friends. Did no, you remind them of that? I don't do that. I don't oh, do that. I'd be no. like, remember when I whooped your ass no. like nine years ago? <laughs> no, because it's always over something ridiculous. But they learned, you know. They grew up and they they learned. You go through that. You get it out of your system. I guess you got to try it when you're young and crazy. Well, yeah. But now they, you know, I watch them at two nineteen, and I always wonder myself after Sixth Street, after Dirty Six, what happened to these people? I wouldn't see them no more. I guess they grew up and. Left or whatever. No, they grew but up no, and went to they, another yeah, area. They just migrated to a different side of exactly. town. Exactly. Yeah, so I'm over there. I'm like, man, these people are adults now. I go upstairs and look at them, and they're just, you know, minding their business and acting cordial. And I'm like, wow, this is really an improvement. You could take the same scene and, you know, uh, rewind like five or six years ago. And yeah, these people were not, they were a different animal. Well, actually, you take that same scene and you fast forward a few hours and on yeah, the Sunday yeah, Fun Day, true. and then you see the same people get into the yeah. same bullshit. That's so. the thing about Sunday Fun Day. It's like usually, um, you know, the bars open around nine and the bars close at twelve. I'm sorry, two. Yeah. So it's a small, short period of time, and nobody even gets out there till like eleven, twelve o'clock. Yep. So a couple hours, three, four hours tops, and you're done. And you take that same same situation on a Sunday. And their their bars open at well the, the rooftops start opening at like two, and they end at eight. So that's an, an oh and it keeps going after yeah. that. and it, and you're drinking in the sun. Yep. You know you're day drinking in and the sun. And you forget to eat dinner. Yeah. And some <laughs> of them they, after the club lets out, they'll go to Dirty Bills and flip it, or I know, or maybe they'll hit Dirty Six, you know, or whatever. They keep the party going. I mean, you see them. I, I work on Sundays. I work at. At 219 West, and then I walk down and, and open our bar uh, at uh, Lit Lounge. Lounge. Yeah. And uh, sometimes I'll see the same people that I saw at the other bar, and they're like, didn't I see you over there? I'm like, yeah. I mean, they're walking like zombies. They're walking like like uh, oh, walking I, dead is what dude, they look like. I had, it's a thriller video, man. I have I've, I had a whole show on Sunday Funday. talked about yeah. all of that shit. And it, it it's a phenomenon in, in, its, in its own. It's, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. But the I thing mean, is, these people, some of them leave after Sunday Fun Day, and they're drunk as hell in the middle of the day. You know, I wonder, like, do they go to, are they in, like, Walmart or or McDonald's drunk like that? Like, in the middle of the day, you'd stick out like a sore thumb. No, they just, you have two waves. You have the waves that, that, that end at 6 or 7, and then the second wave comes in around that time, and then keeps it going all night. Oh, man. So, yeah. I think you have and, a very and, and small have job. wave that, that keeps going the whole... Oh, yeah. Like, you have your usual suspects. All through, yeah. And it's the same motherfuckers that were on 6th Street. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I was going to say, so do you have like... Um, so you were saying earlier, um, you have a certain way to approach a situation um, because, again, you don't look threatening. So yeah. I, you don't really... You know, you don't raise your voice. Uh, like when people, I think anybody who, who can uh, rock a beret is by definition a cool, ca- cool cat. <laughs> so, and I've always <laughs> seen you with that beret. And I'm just like, so what, what do you have? Is it like a three strikes you're out? Or like what's your, what's your process? Well, I mean, if, if I ask you to leave, 
whatever reason. Usually no strikes like that. I won't warn a person. Oh, there's no warning? No, there's no warning because I'm already giving them warnings in my head. Like if I see them before I approach them, I'm thinking, okay, he messed up once. We'll, we'll let it go from there. I'm not going to let him know that I'm on him because then he's going to hide it from me. Yeah. But uh, but if he keeps going and he does something else, then I'm thinking, okay, that was twice. So maybe I'll do that. And whenever I think enough is enough, then I'll approach him. But if I have to approach him, then it's already... It's already over? Yeah, it's over. And then I just, you know, tell him to leave. I remind him that they could come back another time and that there's like a million other bars that they can go in. It's not the end of the world. Don't make this bigger than it is. Yeah, it's 1230, man. It's not over. (laughs) I mean, yeah. If you make this a you or me thing, then, I mean, you chance maybe getting arrested and possibly getting beaten, beaten mercilessly and arrested. Mm-hmm. That would be a bad night. Right now, you're just being asked to leave one of, like, 200 clubs. And because this is 6th Street, you have the beauty of being able to walk into any club with no cover, you know? So yeah. what are you that mad about? Just you really down. break it down like that? I do. I try my best to avoid, especially nowadays with the, with the, with this bar. Yeah, yeah. Um, I try my avoid uh, my best to avoid any altercations. Back in the day, maybe not so much, but nowadays I just wanted to be over. I don't I don't even see people as people down there. I just see them as customers. You know, like I don't see them as in, yeah, but you don't who they are unless I know them from around. Right. Usually, I'm just like. It's like babysitting adults, you know, and, and uh, random adults. Yeah, but you don't go out of your way. Well, you kind of have a um, an interest now because it is your bar. Yeah, I'm, I'm partner. You're part. You're partner there now. But back then, I mean, you don't really go out of your way to be nice. I mean, you're, no, no, you're not at all. Your uh, um, your attitude alone, the fact that you know you're just standing there, you're not really like. Doubt outgoing in the first yeah. place. You're just standing there checking IDs. You don't even really get into conversations with people. I try to avoid them. Yeah. So, and only if you're told to go grab a bunch of girls, yeah. you do go and do that. But you're not naturally that way. Yeah, exactly. I'm so, not. so, you know, you really you keep it real short. Yeah, I keep it real short and to the point. And you know, I'm not sitting there to 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 negotiate with them, but I do some. Amount. I try to give them the, the stupid curve. I try to remember these people. <laughs> I try to remember everyone I'm going to talk to tonight is going to be a, oh, probably. They're probably going to be very young because mm-hmm. of the region of Sixth Street I work on. Um, it's a college-aged crowd. Most of them are college kids, but even the ones that aren't are around that age. Yeah. And uh, and two, they're, they are drunk. So you add youth and inebriation and you get stupidity every single time you know, on a long enough scale of time. So it's just a, a race to whether or not that's going to happen before 2 a.m. or not. And because of the amount of people that, that are in there, mm-hmm. usually it's going to happen at some point or another. So you break it down, like, very diplomatically, like, look, yeah. man, it's not worth it. Let me, don't, don't let, don't let me, don't, don't, don't make me, uh, uh, punch you in the face, have you kiss the ground. It's not a good look. You're going to embarrass yourself in front of your girlfriend. No, I don't talk like that to them because that will ignite them. You know? Really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you want to kiss the you, ground? Yeah. <laughs> now, you can't talk like that to them because you might as well have slapped them. They're, they got to do something now. Now, maybe in my mind, I'm hoping that they do fuck up. Oh, you wish a motherfucker yeah. would. But, but I can't. But I can't feed into it. You know, I can't. It's just not professional. So... So, uh, you know, I ask them a series of time. If if they will not leave, I will maybe grab their arm and try to walk them out. 
but still. Like you twist their arm in the back? No, not twist it in the back. No, just grab, just hold their arm and try to walk them. Oh, okay. And then if they, usually from there, then they make their decision of how it's going to go. Usually they'll end up walking with me or they'll push or swing at me. If they push me or swing at me, then usually I put them to sleep and then just drag them out. But you can you can handle people twice your size. I mean, you're what, 5'9", five, 5'10"? Five, 5'10". Five, ten. Five, ten, five, like five, nine and a half. <laughs> what, 170, 165 pounds, something like that? Uh, 75 right now. So 75, okay. So, but still, you know, you're out there, you have your, your tie, yeah. you have your vest, you have your beret. <laughs> it, you, I mean... You look like a tourist just sit, just mm. standing there, just having to check IDs. And so you, you've had to, you know, I'm sure you've had to handle guys twice your size. Oh, yeah. I've been in so many altercations. I put over 250 people to sleep. And to sleep? Since 2006. Yeah. You have That's a, my go-to. Do you, have a, do you have a board at home when you just crash like one <laughs> and two or three little Indians? Like that kind I, of I keep a tally. <laughs> Are you serious? I do. Nice. I do this just, how many motherfuckers cross me? One day I'm gonna write a book. I, I I'm need, telling you, man. Yeah, I need documentation. So you yeah, need to write that book, man. There's so there's so much there. There's so yeah. much there. Um, what about what about girls? Like, do you do you have to be extra? Like, you know, not nice, but is is your is your um, is your approach different? What are you talking about when there's a lady that's uh, causing the altercation? Yes. Uh, my approach is the same. Usually, I don't have to put them to sleep, though. They're, I can literally pick them up and walk them out. But sometimes I can't. Sometimes they're going crazy. You, you've they're had to choke? beer bottles. Yeah, I have. Uh, I think twice I've put a girl to sleep. And it's just because it would have been easier. If I had a, if I had a grab there, she would have tried to like claw my eyes out or something like that. So maybe something happened. Mm-hmm. I can't really remember. But there's been two times that I remember that... Uh, that a girl was too much. She was, she was, she was getting to be too much, getting out of hand, and I thought that it would be, it would be a little bit easier if I just put her to sleep and removed her. Because again, the, the the choke is not gonna hurt her. She's not gonna have one mark on her, no scratches. Right. She's right. gonna be okay. She's just gonna remove her from the property. The problem is that it looks really dramatic, like really dramatic. Anybody in there watching me is like, oh my god, that monster. And you know there'd be times. Did it, or did know, any uh, captain save a hoe try to come and step in and be had, like, "Don't it, do this"? It, it happened once. That happened, yeah. And you what, get you get a happened? whole another altercation because yeah, you know, one of the one of the girls' friends, one of the buddies that wouldn't do anything when I was asking him, because that's usually if a girl's irate or a guy's irate, I'll ask their friends to handle it before mm-hmm. I do, because if it's coming from their friends, then it's it's easier for them to take than a right. bouncer. Um, plus the guy, the guys can just be like, "Hey man, this place sucks. Let's leave," and the guy might not even know he was ever asked to leave. He just leaves because his friends left, right? Because um, but this guy wouldn't do anything when I was asking him to to get the girl out of there. Then whenever I had to put her to sleep to carry her out, he comes and tries to fight me, and it didn't end well for him. You know, let's just leave it at that. <laughs> dot dot dot. You guys can imagine what oh, <laughs> what yeah. happened. Draw your own conclusions. Yeah. But I mean, you get these groups of, and that's the thing, like, when you work in service industry, and I've talked about it with bartenders and DJs, there is this, there is this feeling of entitlement that it's service industry. You're serving me. Yeah. Like, I am the one, I'm paying your bills. Yeah. I'm the one spending the money at the bar. You know, I'm the one bringing in the girls. I'm the one bringing the, buying the bottles. So at the end of the day, 
it's customer service. I'm the customer. I'm always right. Fuck you. Whatever I say goes. Yeah. Right? So you, because of that, especially when you're in your 20s, I'm not saying that doesn't happen later because it certainly does. Oh, yeah. It, it certainly does. does. I mean, when you have that attitude, whenever you're out, you know, that's what you're going to get. You know, and you have to understand that, you know, people who work those jobs, they have to deal with your ass. And so, on the contrary, if you're actually patient and you're actually like, okay, I understand, you know, that will go a long way. And yeah. you'll be more, maybe you'll be treated better next time. Yeah. Or people will know you. People, uh, you know, will, uh, you know, maybe you skip the line or the bartender hooks you up or whatever it is. But I think that once you put alcohol in the mix and guys and girls and all the sexual oh, yeah. tension, all yep. the dignity goes out the window, exactly. all the respect that your mama taught you goes out the window, and then you just think, I'm the king. I'm the yeah. one with the bottles. I'm the one with the bitches. I'm the one, yep. you know, buying all the shit. So fuck you. I'm coming in. Yeah. It it's, happens all too often. Yeah. And that's just, that's just, that's the sad part. Yeah. They don't remember that. Somebody owns this bar, and the bar, you know, the way the laws are written, it's just like you owning a house. You have a hundred percent say on who comes in and who comes out. Right. You know, legally, you could say I don't want to let you in because you have freckles. I don't want to let you in. I don't. I don't like the shirt you're wearing. I could say anything, mm -hmm. and it's a hundred percent legal. But we don't do that. But I mean, if you're too drunk, you're too drunk. You know, we get guys that I asked a guy to leave the bar the other night. Because uh, he was too drunk, and he was like, "Man, what the hell? We spent, we bought three bottles, and you know, we come here all the every weekend, and this and that." I was like, "Yeah, but we are under, we are under an investigation right now from TABC. Um, they're sending people in looking for overpours, drunk people, anything like that. Mm -hmm. You can't be on the property if you're too drunk. Period. You're not going to pay our lawyers to represent us in court when they try to shut us down." And your three bottles just aren't going to do that. Like, it's not personal. You didn't, and he couldn't understand. He was like, but I didn't cause any trouble. I didn't do anything. I'm like, well, we asked his friend three times not to uh, sleep in the club. And he's so drunk, he was passing out. Yeah. We can't have that. You know, it's nothing personal, but you're not, you're not going to get us shut down. Because I don't care if you're the nicest guy ever, you're not going to get us shut down. Right, right, right. Man. I don't know how you do it. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> and again, it, it can get stressful. But at the end of the day, I mean, it's better than for me. I mean, everybody's different, but I'd rather have that type of job than tucking in my shirt every day, saying yes sir and no sir to somebody, yeah. and okay. jumping through the hoop, you know, uh, cubicle and yeah, you know, I, I, that's not me. Um, All right, I get it. I get it. Yeah. I, I get it. It's different strokes. You exactly. Know? Exactly. Um, what was I gonna say? Uh, is is the money any any good? The money can be good. It just depends on where you work. Uh -huh. um, a lot of the bars are they try to lowball uh, people. People, I'd say like an average is around ten dollars an hour to start down there. You know, it usually goes up, um, and you can make a lot of money um, with. You also get tipped out, so that could be anywhere from five to twenty percent tip out. Mm -hmm. Of what the bartenders make, uh, depending on what bar you're at. Yeah. Um, you should come up to the mic a little bit. Cause okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you know the the money varies, but it, it can be good, especially if you work every day. You, know, mm -hmm. you can definitely live off that. 
Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't know. Yeah, definitely. But you've worked at, um, so Spill, you were at uh, 219. I, mean, I worked at Spill, else. then I worked at Pure. Oh, that's like right. That's years. right. Yeah, I remember that. I remember then seeing I you went, there. Then I, when I helped open up Rio, I, I was on their original security team. I was one of the managers for their um, outbound security, mm-hmm. an agency that they hired. Um, uh, then I was, I, I helped open up 120 West, which became Summit. Um, I was one of their original security managers as well. Mm-hmm. And then I always, while I was working at, I worked at Friends for a while. I worked at Old School for a while. You know, just jumping after the scenes went down. I yeah. moved over to Sugars and helped manage that club for a while, the strip club. Um, manage for, it or yeah. just doing security? Well, well, I was a floor manager. Okay, gotcha. Um, so, um, and then, uh, and then throughout all those jobs, I had the 219 West day job. So I had that in the daytime on Sundays. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just like, I don't do anything on Sundays. So one day I don't train. So I don't have anything going on during the day. And, uh, and it's once a week and, uh, it's, I could still work Sunday night and work Sunday during the day at 219. So I always had that job. Sometimes I'd leave that job and go to my next job, you know, where I still do that now. Even with Lit, I, I worked that job one day a week. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I worked at all those clubs throughout, you know, over the time. But you, you, you've had, uh, you've had to wear different hats. I mean, were you bar- <laughs> in a way, I mean, floor manager versus bar- uh, versus oh, I bouncer. You, I thought you were talking about my, my literal hat. Oh, no, 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 no. Okay. Always the beret. The beret stays yeah, on the yeah, head. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the beret just stays. You, you, only, you only do that nowhere as a beret. I have much. a couple different colors, but yeah, it's all the same same model. Yeah. No, as far as like different jobs, did you ever want to like me step in, you know, behind the bar or maybe promote or do any of that stuff? Or you was know, it I, I have promoted as far as uh, behind the bar. No. I, and I have been behind the bar a few times mm-hmm. through, um, whenever it was. At one point, I, I was interested in it. So I, so I tried to train behind the bar for a while. But then I realized that you don't that, get to fight. Oh no, it's not that. It's it's <laughs> not as it's, much. It's the it's what you have to take in order to earn your living. At the door, you might not make as much money as you could make as you bartended. Right. But um, but at the at the door, your your mo your main money is hourly. It's coming from hourly. It's a, or or shift pay like a flat rate. Mm-hmm. Um. Every every shift you work, you get this much. You know, like you know what shift pay is. Uh, but but it's not dependent on the customers. It doesn't matter if one customer comes in or ten million. You get the you get your your meat and potatoes. Right. Um. Now the bartenders might stand to make more money than you, but they have to kiss ass. They have to they have to accommodate. You know, like they have to put up with shit. They're people because their tip depends on it. They don't get paid hourly. If they do, it's like two bucks. Yeah. But most is. bars don't even do that. Yeah. And uh so you're you're just leaving with your tips. Um so if a guy comes up and you know, they've been with you on a credit card the whole night and maybe they're too drunk and you have to cut them off. Now you're putting a weird scenario cuz you cut that guy off and confront him, he's probably not going to tip you. But you've been waiting on that guy all night. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't you can't afford not have that guy. You've been busting your ass for that guy. Mm-hmm. You know, he's taking up a great deal of your time and 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 he depends on your tip out depends on him. So Right. You know, it's just too much in it like that to have to worry about and getting stiffed 
and especially you know on a college street. You know, college kids don't have a lot of money, and uh, and their parents see everything they spend because usually their accounts are connected, so they can only spend so much money when they go out. Mm-hmm. They do. They're not big tippers. Even the ones that buy a lot don't tip. They act like they have money, but yeah. they don't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They their parents have money. I yeah, guess. exactly. Yeah, so it was like, um, it's too frustrating. It's too much of an emotional roller coaster. You never know what you're gonna leave with. And I'd always say I'd rather leave with this much guaranteed money than this much hard earned, hustled maybe money. You know, like right, right. You know, I'd rather I'd rather it be solid. Does the um, I mean, the places you worked at. Well, I guess you did Rio. You know, the the tipping at the door. Like, do people really? Do that actually even on Sixth Street? I mean, long ago, you know, the scenes changed so much yeah, over yeah. the years. Whenever I initially worked at Pier, I'm sorry, Spill, the uh, the tip to skip money was a very very real thing. And honestly, I would make more on most Thursday, Friday, Saturday nights, and even Wednesdays because we had the dollar. You call it Wednesdays over there. You remember? I that? remember yeah. that dollar. You call it? Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, it was such a it was such a line that if you were far enough down the street, you couldn't tell. If the line was coming out of Shop 24 or coming out of Spill because they're across the street from one another. And mm-hmm. the line's that long a lot of the times. I like, remember that line. Yeah. yeah. We'd slow that line on purpose, you know, just because you'd have more of an incentive to come tip us to get in to skip. Right. So, yeah, it was like there was nothing crazy. We didn't. There wasn't a high dollar amount that we required. It just had to be something. Right. And, uh, yeah. That was for you. Yeah. That, yeah. The owners would allow us to keep the tip of skip. Especially because on most nights, uh, we would be about to hit capacity. So so before we'd hit capacity, they'd want us to slow the line. Mm-hmm. That way, the people still wanted to come in, and it was more of a you know a need to come in. They were like, you can keep whatever you can make them tip you to get in. Just don't, don't compromise that with dress code or minors or anything like that. Right, right. Hold our law. <clears throat> and if it's just simple tip to skip, that's you. We don't, we don't want a piece of that. And so yeah, we would uh, we would slow that line as like molasses, you know. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, and then, across the street. Yeah, oh <laughs> yeah, it was good, good stuff, good stuff. Um, I miss those days, and yeah, nowadays uh, that that element doesn't really exist on on Dirty Six. Now I, mean, I've, I haven't seen a line on Dirty Six. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, you can on. get it maybe at Rio or, or at uh, Summit. Summit uh, will have a line. Yeah, uh, Rio maybe. Depends, yeah, but but on on Sixth Street, I can't, uh, I, I can't. Maybe well, Pure had one. Yeah, Pure, Pure, Pure is did. like the last place, really. Yeah, and nowadays uh, there'll be a line every now and again randomly, but it'll be like a frat tab, and they'll all just get there at one time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but I remember, yeah, Spill had that fucking line. Yeah, I've skipped it probably. See, here, yeah. here here's my here's my my. Uh, I'm I I always try to. Be on the, um, well, I don't really try. Like maybe that's just me. But anyway, um, be on the good side of where I was working there. It makes sense. You, it's you, not. I mean, that's more a, people would do no, it. No shit. No shit. Yeah. I mean, I've walked. Uh, even if I'm not even going into your bar, how many times I've walked by you, whether it was spill or at lit, and just say, "Hey, what's up? Yeah. What's up, dudes? What's exactly, up? Yeah, just say, what's up?" So hey, guy. remember my face. Remember my face. And it's and it's not even like. Uh, um. Later on, yeah, you can, you know, I'm gonna ask you, I'm gonna demand that you, I skip the line because, you know, I've I've said what's up or whatever. It's just, 
I think it's the right. It's, I think it's the right thing to do. If you know there's a place that you enjoy, or that you know someone that works there, that busts their ass every every weekend, has to deal with all that bullshit, and you don't, you're on the other side of the coin, just like I'm just out to party or mm-hmm. whatever. But just a quick hey, what's up? Like I've walked into bars that were dead, you know, just to say hi, order one drink, and you know, say what's up and leave, or walk by and shake hands and say hey, what yeah. up, dude, and then that's it. I don't even have to walk in, yeah. but that alone. I think it goes a long way. It goes a long know? way. Yeah. But you would think people would do that. Yeah. But no. Yeah. And yeah. not on Sixth Street. Not everybody's so bright. Uh, I mean, I should I should write a book. You should write a book. <laughs> this is my book. This is my <laughs> this is my my book in the writing right now. Um what else is that? I want to talk. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. One thing I want to talk about. Uh do you so walk me through an like a typical night. Like you get in at what nine o'clock? Like, um, oh, is there is there any extra stuff than just showing up and just being at the door? Because I thought that door guys also did cleanups and well, all it depends that stuff. on. Um, yeah, there's there's a cleanup at the end of the night, and that's uh, pretty routine. You can leave before you can leave right at two, but you're forfeiting your tip out <clears throat> if you do that. Oh, okay. So if you want your tip out, um, then you you stay for cleanup and one. One bouncer is always uh, the opener, so they come and set up. Like, they set up the ropes or maybe uh, if there's tables or candles in whatever bar you're in. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, maybe they'll go check and make sure there's napkins and soap in the bathroom, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. They'll just uh, help set up. There's opening duties. One one bouncer does them. Then the closing duties, everybody collectively does. Unless... Somebody wants to forfeit their tip out. Maybe uh, they've got to go to work super early. Maybe they've got some trim lined up. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah. if they want to cut out early, then they can, but they forfeit their tip out. Uh, what about uh, what about girls trying to flirt all the time? I'm sure you've, you've – that's one of the perks, I guess. I guess it could be a perk. Um, I mean, it definitely was when I was younger, man, honestly – I'm I'm completely disgusted with my younger self. You know, I'm very not proud of <laughs> go how, ahead, how go I used ahead. to roll. Tell us more, you know? Deuce. Tell us more about your younger self. Man, it was it, it became ridiculous. You know, I like can tell you some ah oh, man. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> All right. Uh whenever I worked at Spill, we'd uh and just as bouncers we got we really got into, you know, like competing with one another. When I was young, this is when I was young again. This is no That's me. fine. You're a grown yeah. up now, you're a grown ass <laughs> man now. It's, it's in the past. There. Yeah, we'd get drunk on the clock. and. Wait, are you allowed to? Were you allowed I mean, to? I mean, in different regions, we were never allowed to get drunk, but we were allowed to drink. Usually we'd have like a tap and a limit of how many drinks, and we'd get around that. Say they'd let us have three drinks mm-hmm. a night, three shots or three whatever. We could never have beers or mixed drinks, but we could have shots because they're quick. So if you go, if you go grab a bunch of girls, you can go in there and have a shot with them? I mean, yeah, but I mean, if if this if it was at a specific bar that only allowed you to have three a night, then then you'd have three a night. You'd have a tab, and once oh, you got the three, okay. you couldn't have any personal shots. All right, gotcha. Um, but but uh, yeah. So when they did that, I remember at Spill they said we could only have three shots. So we'd all just start ma- start shooting two fifty twos, which are like half one fifty one and half wild turkey one hundred one. And um, so, I don't even know what that is. That's, yeah, half Bacardi one fifty one, half Wild Turkey one hundred one. It's a shot, and uh, some strong shit. Three of those is like equivalent to like ten regular regular shots. 
Ah, so it's like, yeah, they'll get you. Yeah, they'll get you where you need to go. Uh-huh. They would never monitor what you got. You could get a Jaeger bomb or a shot of Everclear, whatever, you know. But they say just three shots a night. I'd be like, okay, you want to play that game? We'll just we'll just <laughs> drink you, gasoline. Do you know me? You know yeah. where I'm coming from? I'm, I'm from Seguin. I'm ready to die for this shit. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. But yeah, like uh, so yeah, some some bars monitored your shots. Some some didn't. What you drank, but. But what was the initial thing we were talking about? The girls. Oh yeah, the ladies. Yeah, um, I remember there was a time where we were just having competitions there at the bar, seeing how many girls we could get under our belt in one night at the bar. You know, we'd take turns taking them to the alley, taking them to the the back, you know, stairwells or whatever. Um, so at Spill had a giant abandoned kitchen that they didn't use. Yeah. And so there was many many rooms in that kitchen. And uh, yeah, those rooms became boom boom rooms real quick. And uh, <laughs> you had the time in your shift during your shift. What's that? Uh, all throughout the shift. This is the thing about just had turns? so many bouncers that we could kind of plug out with one another. Uh huh. And everybody kind of watched each other's back. Even though the GMs and stuff were usually real cool about that because they were getting down like that too. Yeah. And, you know, like the, you the, know, there were stories. Yeah. There were stories about that back then too. Yeah, man. I could I could tell you a few, but. I'm not gonna call anybody out. That's you know? fine. That's fine. Um, anyways, uh, yeah, we got we got to the point where, in order to compete with each other on these nights, we would go across the street and take dick pills because just so we could get our numbers up. Because the girls are that it's like fishing a barrel, especially after a certain hour. You can probably get as many girls as you can handle, but I mean, how many girls can you really handle? So we were getting on these dick pills just because we were bored and young and crazy. <laughs> and half drunk, and I mean, man, we just were going. To, we were going to war with each other over these girls. I remember uh, a couple times. Again, I'm not too proud of, but I mean, there's they're far, That's far my past. Story. Yeah, right, enough times, for the disclaimer, man. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a couple times, like you know, I got three, three in one night. You know, I'd have one at like eight o'clock. You know, right when we were opening, a, a girl walking down eight, nine o'clock. Did you have to do anything, or just like uh, because you're the you're well, I mean, it You're just depends guy, on the situation. But most of the time, I'm not. Most of the time, it wasn't randoms. Most of the times, it was regulars, regulars to the bar. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they might have been random to me, you know, sexually, but they weren't randoms to me in general. They were regulars to the bar. Yeah. So, I didn't have to do much, you know. And they're downtown. Girls go downtown to party, especially young girls. They go downtown to party and get away. They don't dress like that and smell like that and go out the house to get drunks for no damn reason. Uh-huh. You know, I'd be like, man, I'm gonna go get drunk and lose all my ambitions. But before I do, I'm gonna put on this mini skirt and this, oh, this I perfume. I see that. You know bro. what they're trying to do? I mean, subconsciously maybe, but I mean, duh. I mean, look at it. They're young. <laughs> they're 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 like a, they're in their prime. Yeah. You're just like little, C- little Caesars, hot and ready. <laughs> you know, like they're coming out there serving it up. So I mean, them young bouncers. When I was one of them, we, I'd take one around. Eight or nine, then another one around midnight, and then at two o'clock, it's I mean, you could cover your eyes and twirl around with your hand pointing, and just wherever you land, you could it's that easy. At two o'clock, all the girls are so drunk, and everybody's scared, they're like in this desperate up, oh, it's two o'clock mode, I gotta find it, something. Yeah, it's and a two o'clock theater, and yeah, nobody's that gonna be the leftovers, are <laughs> exactly, and nobody's gonna be more drunk than they are at two o'clock, so it's like it's easy. Now, that's again, that's not me at the current. No, so so, so now now that you've you've gone through that, yeah. you've done all that. So now when when the girl walk up to you, it'd be like, 
let's say she's not 21 or her friend is not 21 or it's a bash fed party and one of them's too drunk did they try to be like all flirty and shit because they oh, can i mean yeah, of course of course that happens all the time that's always happened uh historically throughout i'm, I'm sure way before i was bouncing yeah yeah, of but course. yeah like my entirety yeah you'll have girls come up to you flirt with you you know offer you to show you their titties or you know offer to take you in the back offer you all kinds of shit to get in it's ridiculous i, I don't understand it at all but um but it happens i have never in my life not even when i was young and drunk and crazy i've never bit on that mm-hmm. like uh, i'm not gonna jeopardize people's jobs one of the first things that i saw um, uh, one of the first things that bothered me when uh, when I was bouncing early on, there was a there was a bartender named Patricia that worked at Spill, mm-hmm. and she got arrested for serving a minor, and uh, th- that kind of stuck with me, burned into my memory, and I never, never since then, and it happened super early on, and she basically she served a minor, and the cops came in and arrested her, and this girl Patricia, she's a really good friend of mine, still to this day. She's a really, really good person, and uh, she didn't have one mark on her record at all. She had a squeaky clean record, never had a speeding ticket type of girl. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I watched her walk out of that bar in handcuffs crying, you know, and uh, she didn't do anything wrong. It's just downtown on 6th Street, the bars are so overcrowded and high volume that the door guy is in in the business of checking the IDs just to save time at the bar. So anybody in the bar should be 21. Right. This so, girl served a minor, and the door guy's never going to get in trouble for that. The most the door guy might do is get his job lost. He might get fired. Mm-hmm. Then he go work somewhere else at another door. I see that all the time. The one who's going to get in trouble is the person who served them alcohol, no matter what. So you felt like, you know... Yeah, never. Let, you after, down? after seeing that early on, I would never play with somebody's... I don't do bad with girls, you know? I don't need... I don't need to barter with girls. Plus, I mean, that's, I've never been into that. Like, I, I feel more self-respect in that. Like, I don't need to make a deal with a girl, mm-hmm. you know, to, to hook up. Like, I, I do okay on my own. Um, if I don't, they don't have anything to barter with me mm-hmm. for, because, I mean. Just like, look, bitch, it's not yeah, working. Just, yeah, you're not 21. Yeah. Don't don't even try. Exactly. Yeah. Out, just go eighteen and up. Yeah, you have. A vagina and breast, but guess what? So does every single other girl in the world. I don't. I'm not gonna let your minor ass in here. Yeah, you know. Um, well, good. You had that moment, and then comes yeah. from a good place. Yeah, for sure. Also, also like it just in general, girls. This this got to me later on in life. Mm-hmm. Once I started bouncing for years, um, maybe like the fourth year I was bouncing, I I thought to myself like, the girls in general that flirt with door guys. They flirt with door guys. So if they're flirting with me and there's 200 bars on the street, how many other... They, they probably make a habit of going up to door guys and flirting with them. True. Same thing with bartenders or anything else. If I'm going to take a girl home that was just flirting with me at the door, then chances are that's how she gets down on the reg. You know, and <coughs> I have... Uh, I've known so many people over the years of working mm-hmm. that um, that have compromised their bill of health over the job just because it sex sells and it's uh you, you know it's very it. sex is this easy yeah it's yeah it's it's everywhere everyone's drunk and half dressed and young and uh they're out for a good time this is their escape from the world for us it's our world it's our work it's where we go every day mm-hmm. for them it's their escape from that 
You know, they work all, all week. It's time to go out and party. So they're all looking to leave it all on the field. Um, I could I could name I'm not going to, but I know name not nineteen people to this day to this day and time that have come to me in confidence at some point during um working downtown with them and and told me that they had contracted herpes. Um well since I known them, you know, basically when I met them downtown they didn't have it and then they do now. That's nineteen people and that's just herpes. That's not including all the other things. The easy yeah. come, easy go stuff. That uh, that man, that happens way more frequent than anybody would probably know. Um, also, that's just the people who have come to me, you know, out of the blue and and confided in me for one reason or another. Usually, like as a shoulder or for advice on where to go from there, you know, mm-hmm. because I've been around so long. Like, uh, there's 19 people that have just decided to volunteer that information to me. No, no telling how many. You know the people yeah, who yeah, are exactly. the same thing, yeah. Exactly who who are gonna advertise that. You know, that, that scares the hell out of me. Um I'm very fortunate to have gotten by through my early years, you know, especially as wild and crazy as we were. Mm-hmm. We were always somewhat protective, but you know, at the end of the day you can't you know, that contraceptive doesn't doesn't stop everything. Yeah. And uh yeah, I got very lucky. Uh, I have I have a clean bill of health. I've never ever contracted anything, and super duper lucky. At a certain point, I had to like really start playing it safe, and I'm there now. But man, I st- I watch the newer door guys come. Maybe they you didn't tell them. I tell them, but man, they don't really listen, or they'd be too drunk and naive, and not all the time. Sometimes they sometimes they listen, but most time they don't. Most time they like yeah yeah whatever. Whatever. Whatever, old man. Yeah, Whatever, exactly, old timer. Exactly. <laughs> cool story, Pops. <laughs> yeah, and then they then they go out and bam, you know, a lot of times they, they end up in that same boat. Um, Did you have just, to? I guess they're not, they don't do too well in high school or maybe not as well as they do downtown because everybody's drunk and they're in a situation, a position, like, you know, a position of power, like you were talking about yes, earlier. Yes, exactly, yeah. Yeah, so they have something to barter with, some leverage point, and they use it. I've never in my life used it because... You know, too much of some, something that comes too easy, you know, it's, it's not good. Plus, I mean, I would feel weak if I had to depend on a position that I was in to get something else out mm-hmm. of somebody in any way, shape, or form. But anyways, I see these guys doing this, and it doesn't always end in their favor. Long enough scale of time, is they're going to get burned. I mean, and you've... You got lucky you didn't get there, but you've seen enough to know, hey, oh, yeah, this I'm, is not yeah. the right... So, I mean... Um, I've had an epiphany. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Man, I want to read that book. But I mean, do you um, have you had um, people like new bouncers come in and you tell them, and then someone you've actually the same way that your friends when you first started kind of showed you the ropes and told mm-hmm. you, okay, well, this is the kind of job this is, you know. Um and this is what you're supposed to do. Did you have that kind of relationship with some of the young kids in there? Yeah, some of them. Some of them I do. Yeah, I try to. I try my best to steer them in the right direction if I feel they're worth a damn as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes they take to it, and sometimes they don't. You know, but I try to do what I can. Yeah, help them out. You know, I do. I want somebody to do that for me, and I was fortunate enough to have some people that had worked down there as a series of years to show me the ropes. Right. And get my back and thank God because I wouldn't, I might not have made it through had they not said some of the things that they said. That's true. That's true. Um, 
Do you have any pet peeves? No, you got to have some pet peeves. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, and in, in you're talking about in relation to the job? Yeah. Yeah, you know, I don't. Like I was telling you before we yeah, got started. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, true. yeah. This is good. The, the single most depressing thing that has ever happened. The worst thing in the history of my time down there. Oh, you can pinpoint it. Yeah, I can. I can. Like it was yesterday. You know, uh, I didn't think anything of it at first until it actually went in effect. And that's the uh, no smoking in the bars. When they outlawed cigarette smoking in the bars, my life went to hell. I mean, I feel like when they did that, everyone who worked the door should have gotten a double raise, you know, like double what they were making, you know, uh, because because now they they have to exit the bar in order to smoke. And guess who's outside? You, you know, and they know that. And they're sitting there. They're half drunk. They're bored. They're smoking. They want to engage you and talk to you about shit that you couldn't possibly care about. <laughs> and I mean, this happens every day, all day, every single shift that I've ever worked in my life. I think I don't think I've ever had a shift where this didn't happen. So I, after uh, 2007, 2008, whenever it went into effect. Yeah. So what do you think about the? Yeah, the game? I mean, yeah, that's one thing. I don't watch sports. I mean, I watch. I will watch here and there. I'll watch like MMA or, or yeah, boxing. Yeah. But but I've never in my life watched ball games. I've um, I've not watched basketball, baseball, football. I don't care about stuff like that. <laughs> Simply don't care. And man, whoever played that. You live day, in Texas. Good call. Yeah, yeah well, you know, and they're just like, man, did you see the game? What do you think about this? And I didn't watch it. And then it becomes a conversation about how the hell don't I watch football or how the hell don't I watch this. Yeah, dude, like, what is man, wrong with you? You live like, in Austin. This is yeah. a college town. We have UT. Is, yeah. What's well, wrong I'm with not you? Not from here, and I, I just came here for a specific reason, and you know I don't. I'm not buying into the, all this bullshit that comes along with it, <laughs> you know. But yeah, you can't explain that to these drunk people, or they want to tell you about their relationships, or they want to tell you about these girls that keep trying to hook up with them, and you know, and how just much of crying. a player they are, or how cool their oh. car is, or uh, look at my new phone, or it's like, dude, nobody cares. Cool, awesome. Go back inside. Finish your yeah. smoke. Or yeah. don't smoke. How about that? Yeah. Or <laughs> die. Spontaneously combust. <laughs> I don't care. Just stop talking. You know? I'm not ruling spontaneous combustion no, did, out. No, you should say, uh, can you punch me in the face? I have a reason to punch <laughs> you back and choke you out. Oh, man. So I you remember. Can shut the fuck up. <laughs> that, that reminds me. Uh, I'm sorry to call him out, but Aaron Flournoy, the guy that I told you brought me on. Yeah. I remember one time this guy was he's a bit more of a hothead than me. I'm a little bit more patient mm -hmm. with people than him. And this guy had said something that had completely gotten under his skin. And he pretty much smashed this guy. Um, and then he, you know, before the cops could get there, because it was a pretty pretty crazy scene. Um, and it was in front of Spill, one of those days where the line was super long and everyone was just sitting there watching. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. You know, and this guy's half dead on the ground, knocked out. And Aaron turns to the bouncer and he's like, spit in my face. And the other guy named Jimmy. And uh, Jimmy is like, what? He's like, do it right now. And the guy spit in his face, and then like maybe like 30 seconds later, the cops show up, and they're like, "What the hell happened?" And he's like, "This asshole spit in my face," which is, <laughs> which is assault, you know. And they're like, "What the fuck?" You know, they took that guy out of there very bad. They cuffed him crazy. They hauled him crazy. That wasn't pleasant. Like they, they were. They took that guy out of there with the with the vengeance. They were trying to hurt him and make his stay as in the squad car as unpleasant as they could. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they, they treat him like shit. 
And I was like, man, that guy didn't even do anything. You just want to shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. Another story I could tell you about like that. Not going to name names on this one, but, uh, man, one of the bouncers told me, hey, man, I was up at the front door and uh, with another bouncer, and the guy saw somebody coming, and he said, hey, um, hold the door. I'm going to be right back. And he disappeared in the club. And I didn't really know why. And then when I let the guy in, the guy circle, uh, the bouncer came back to the club, and he was like, okay, cool. And then he had somebody, I asked him, what's, what's going on? He's like, hold on, I'll show you. And he had another uh, bouncer come up and hold our spot. And he's like, come with me. And he's like, you see that guy? And I was like, yeah, I just let him in. He's like, yeah. Well, that guy said this and that, you know, to me the other day. And, you know, I guess he had had some relationship with this bouncer's girlfriend mm-hmm. before before they were together. And they got in an altercation and the guy brought it up. You know, that's why I fucked your bitch, this and that. Yeah. Talking all this crazy stuff on a night when the owners happened to be in there. You know, Mike and or Hattie. Yeah. And uh, so he couldn't do anything. and But the guy wouldn't have, wouldn't come back since. He'll walk by and if he sees this guy at the door, he'll keep going. You mm-hmm. know, so this time this this bouncer saw him coming and said, hey, um, he disappeared, you know, so the guy would come in. So once he came in, he doubled back and got me. And then we waited and we waited and we waited. And finally, you know, the guy's ordering drinks and hanging out. Finally, the guy goes to the bathroom. And on his way to the bathroom, Aaron's like, all right, come on. Let's, let's go. go. So I still don't really know what's going to happen. So he grabs uh, like a like a singles um, whiskey glass or, you know, yeah. like a, a bar glass um, off the table, an empty one on our way to the bathroom. And we get to the bathroom. And I don't know if you remember how spill was. The bathroom's, uh, you walk in that door and you're facing like a mirror, like a long mirror. Yes. And then on the other side of the wall are the urinals. Yeah. So so he walked and so when you open the door you're facing that giant mirror. He took and we could see in the mirror that the guy was at the urinals um peeing mm-hmm. you know around the wall. So he took that that glass and he threw it at the at the mirror as hard as he could and he shattered it. And then he walked up behind the guy and I said, "Hey man, why did you do that? You should you shouldn't have done that." And he beat the hell out of this guy. While he was still pissing, there was blood and piss everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> this guy, I mean, he really, really horribly beat him up. It, I mean, it was bad. I, I don't even think he could have been... Wait, he, so what happened after that? Like, did well, they, we drug him out, and the owners were like... Or not the owners, but the GM was like, what the hell? What did you do? Normally, you would get fired for beating somebody to this point. Yeah. He looked like a burn victim. He was just beat to the point of non-recognition. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, and he, he reeked of piss, you know, blood and piss. Anyways, he, and he goes, dude, go in there and look what he did to the the mirror. And, uh, <laughs> and the manager, we call him Doogie Fresh. Uh, Doogie went in there, looked at the mirror, he walked out. He's like, thank you, boss. And, you know, he shook our hands, you know, gave, uh, gave the other guy a, a little bonus for what he did. Because that was one thing that the owners and the managers of that company were completely against is any type of damage to the property. Do not damage. You damage the property, they would tell us, you know, like, hey, man, if anybody gets drunk or out of line, you escort them out the front. If they break anything or steal anything, we take them out the back. You know, we give them a little extra credit. That was the one <laughs> thing. And that was considered extra credit worthy, you know, that mirror. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah. <laughs> That's on revelation. What I mean, was it? I saw I saw one of the owners, I'm not gonna name his name, but one of the three, 
I saw him pull a gun on on a guy for kicking the cigarette machine in the back of Spill. You know, I'm not surprised. And I was like, "What, man? It's it's just a cigarette machine, you know." But he didn't see it that way. They did not like you messing with with their hustle. Damn, those Yassin brothers, man. Yeah, something else. Yeah, I know. I'm trust me, I know, I know. What was that thing that happened? I don't know if it's recently. Somebody like kept um, nagging you about that about that uh, you couldn't you couldn't fight or something, and then you basically went out in the street. Took your shirt off and then you went at it with him. Um, are you talking about? Are you talking about that situation uh, in the back alley? I think it looked like in the, there was a picture of it. Oh yeah, yeah, no, no, I didn't take my shirt off. The, oh the well, guy yeah, took his shirt off. Yeah, maybe that was uh, the guy was just like the guy gave me a hard time. He'd come back for to retaliate. Um, um, he was trying to sell drugs in the venue uh, the night before. It was like a Saturday night. Mm-hmm. Guy was selling drugs, and you know we had to talk with him. You know, uh, kicking him out. He, you know, he didn't want to leave or whatever. He was saying he wasn't. So I had to actually end up putting the guy to sleep. There was a altercation. Um, I put him to sleep and drug him out the back alley and just closed the doors. So he was out there. He probably woke up and went home. I don't know what he did, mm-hmm. but uh, I didn't really hurt him. I just put him to sleep and drug him out. But uh, you know, it was, that was Saturday night. Then the next day, I work all day at two nineteen. And then at eight o'clock, I walk over to start setting up our bar, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm trying to set it up. And uh, this guy, you know, a black dude with like a thick Jamaican accent. Yo, bumbaklak. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, he walks back by, and I I see him, and it, you know, he's just staring at me real crazy, and he's making death threats. Basically, he starts uh, telling me, you know, he's gonna get me and 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 my friend. He's talking about Cody. Yeah, because uh, Cody was there that night. Um, he was there when when we confronted him in the bathroom. He didn't do anything, but he was just there. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyways, uh, he's like, uh, "Yeah, I'm gonna get you guys. I'm gonna catch you slipping away from work. You know, you got something coming. This and that." And I'm like, "Okay, cool, whatever, man. I guess so. I guess you'll. Oh, I'll see you on that day." And then, uh, you know, he 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 disappears. You know, he basically walks down the down six towards. San Jacinto and turns right at San Jacinto so I don't see him again. Mm-hmm. But then I see him. He comes back around and uh, turns on Brazos, comes back around. Mm-hmm. And he passes again, making crazy threats, talking about what time do you get off, you know, uh, watch my back, you know, he's going to kill me, basically. And I was like, hey, man, well, why don't you do all that shit right now? You're wasting all this time walking. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm here, you're here. What's to stop you? And he's like, are you serious? And I go, yeah, do I look like I'm playing? And he's like, Okay, follow me to the alley right now. We'll we'll settle this right now. We'll handle up. I said, all right, cool. You know, and so I just followed him to the alley. We walked around, and uh, he walked me to the there's a there's a parking lot right behind, right behind uh, our the alley. Yeah. And uh, we end up in the back of that parking lot, and you know, yeah, I remember he squares up. I square up. I go, are you ready? He's like, yeah, man, let's do this. And then he stops and he looks at me and he said, hey, can I take my shirt off? And I said, What? yeah, man, take your shirt off. I go, take off your shirt, Did stretch out, get, pump your sneakers up, yeah, do whatever no you got to do. Do you need a pray you know, too? <laughs> yeah. You need a Snickers? <laughs> I mean, shit, man. And so he takes you his shirt off. if I fold it yeah, right? and put it in my car? <laughs> <laughs> he takes his shirt off. He drapes it over the like the, the bed of a truck, and he comes back, squares up again. So, you know, um, he's kind of closing in, and he stops, and he says, Hey, you don't have a knife or anything, do you? 
I said, no, nah, man, you're the one who came in and called me to this alley. Don't be asking me if I had a knife. Do, do I ask you if you had a knife? No, because I don't care what you have. Like, you know, stop with the 21 questions. Are we going to do this? <laughs> you know, so, so, oh, yeah, meanwhile, there's a guy, there's a guy, Jonathan Wylam, who happened, he happened to see me walking back there and followed me. So he's taking pictures of all this stuff happening. So that's where the picture came yeah, from. Yeah, I've never seen you know, it, yeah. This kind of stuff has happened so many times throughout the course of me working down there, but nobody's ever, you know, it's always just my story is all you get. Yeah. This time, at least there was a, a picture to go with it, and that's why I posted that. But, um, yeah, finally, you know, he, uh, we square back up, but he won't. Every time I take a step in, he'll shuffle back three or four steps. And I'll take another step, he'll shuffle back. Did he know you, you were a fighter? Nah, nah, he didn't know me from Adam. Okay. Nah. I doubt he would have even come back like that. But, um... But, uh, you know, so, and this was Mother's Day that this was happening. This was Mother's Day of this year. Yeah. I just remember that because I was wearing all white in honor of my mother. Every 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 Mother's Day I wear all white because my mom's white. So just, you know, it's something Ooh. funny I do <laughs> every year. So uh, I had on all white. I remember seeing that in the picture. So, yeah, it was definitely Mother's Day. So, anyways, I uh, I, I get tired of him shuffling, and I just run at him. And when I run, he turns around and just hightails it. He's shouting death threats and this and that the whole way. And he runs across across Fifth Street, you know, still shouting death threats at me. And I'm just like, What about whatever. his shirt? Yeah, his, shirt, <laughs> his shirt's still draped up. I didn't think about his shirt. I should have took it. He probably came back later and got it. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, it's like, you know, I didn't know what to do. I was like, okay. Well, I didn't go anywhere. You didn't do so, shit. Yeah, so me and Jonathan All walked, back, yeah, about, walked back to the front of the bar and talked about it. <laughs> And then later on, a couple of days later, I started thinking, man, Jonathan has that picture. And so he posted it. And that thing has over 500 likes now. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, man, uh, just silly scenarios. Uh, they happen all the time. All the time. It was, it was cool that there was some evidence. But I mean, they literally happen. I mean, I, be- I believe it. I, I believe say, it. And again, I don't, I don't see, there's nothing about you that says, I can whoop your ass. No, nah, th- with him, I think it was most people that I have to end up like fighting. They're drunk. They're too drunk to really pay attention to, oh, the, that to the courage, small man. things that are happening. You know, like they're they're too drunk to really home in on a scenario and read a situation. Yeah, this guy was sober, and I think that at some point he realized, like, okay, this guy walked to the back of the. I I threatened to kill this guy, and he walked. He volunteered to walk to the alley with me mm-hmm. and handle it. You know, he didn't know what I had on me. He didn't know anything about me, but he seemed. 100% okay. He didn't yell in the bar, hey, I'm going to the back of the alley because this guy, you know, I didn't I didn't tell anybody. I passed a bunch of bars. You're ready, so. Yeah, I passed a bunch of people on the way, like different bars, the people at Chugga Monkey, the people at Darwin's, all those bouncers. I passed them right behind this guy, and I didn't say anything to anybody. You know, I just walked back there, and I think he realized when we squared up that I wasn't afraid, and there was probably a good reason that I wasn't afraid. So he sensed that and, and left. A lot of, not a lot of times, but a handful of times that'll happen, like in different scenarios. Mm-hmm. I'll approach a situation and a guy will kind of just read after the guy was barking, talking real crazy. You know, when it comes down to it, he'll he'll fold. And it was just because I called his bluff kind of like he realized that I, I genuinely wasn't afraid. I didn't raise my voice. I didn't puff up my chest. I didn't, you know, those are all scare tactics. You're yeah, doing yeah, yeah. that. You're doing that to avoid an altercation. Because you don't really want to fight. But you want one. I do kind of want one. 
I'm not gonna lie. Like I wish a motherfucker would. It would be, you know, the mentality I have is it would be nice. Personally, it would be nice to get in a fight, but I also won't get in a fight if it's not 100 percent justified. But you know, I'm torn between myself a lot of times because I want to hit somebody and they're almost there. They're like at a nine on a scale of one to ten. They're at a nine, but until they cross that line, you know, I can't do anything. Did anybody ever lay you out? Um. I've been knocked out three times, um, all in the same night. Um, in the same yeah, night, I've only been knocked out that Were one. Were you night. drunk or off your I game? I wasn't drunk. Um, it was a night that uh, you know, like when the school season first starts back. Yeah. Um, after 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 the summer, like the first big the first night, weekend, you know, yeah, 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 the first big weekend. It was a, uh, and I was actually working at one of the most lax bars that uh, I've ever worked at. It was I was working at Friends, which is usually a blues bar, but. On the weekends, Blues. they they change over. <laughs> yeah, and uh, they you know they're open to the regular college kids, and uh, I was working at Friends, and we were jam packed to capacity, like we couldn't let anybody else in. We're so so packed, but we only had one inside bouncer, who was another pro fighter named Warren Stewart, and uh-huh. there was a there was a bouncer with me at the door, another door guy, um, his name is Tommy Berghardt. He's a, also an amateur fighter, and. Uh, I said, hey, Tommy, man, my contact's messing with me. I'm going to go change it out. He's like, okay, cool. I'll hold the door down. So I fought through the crowd. It was so thick full of people to get in there. I finally got to the very back to the bathroom. And uh, I'm in the bathroom fixing my contact in the mirror. The bathroom's packed full of people, too. And and I'm looking in the mirror fixing my contact. And behind me in the mirror, I could see there there's a group. I don't really know how big of the group big the group is at the time because there's so many people in the bathroom. Uh-huh. So I don't know who's all with that group. But they have these three frat kids pinned up against the wall, you know, and have their bodies angled on them like they're about to hit them. Mm-hmm. Have them by their collars, you know, talking real hostile. So, you know, I'm a bouncer. I just happen to be in the bathroom. I fix my contact. I'm not dressed like a bouncer. I yeah. approach them. I'm like, hey, uh, Hey guys, I don't know what's happening, but it ain't gonna happen in here. And they're like, "Who the fuck are you?" You know, I'm like, hey man, I work here, and uh, you know, I don't care what y'all do, but do it outside. Don't do it on the property. Mm-hmm. And the guy looks at me. He's like, "Who the fuck's gonna? Who's gonna stop us? You?" And I go, "Yeah, man. I hope to hell I have to. You know, I hope I get to stop you. Uh, at this point, you could just leave on your own volition, but I hope you don't." And when I said that, the guy looked at me crazy and he hit me. So I'm in my head. I'm thinking, "Hell yeah." So I, I get I start hitting the guys, heads bouncing off the wall, you know, uh, blood, blood everywhere. It, mm-hmm. was, it was a pretty dramatic scene. And uh, then another guy hits me from behind. So I turn, I hit that guy, and then another guy that's totally different than the first two hit me. And uh, it turned out it was ten of these motherfuckers in the bathroom. Yeah, mind you, the three frat kids that that were initially being held up against the wall, yeah, jetted out of the bathroom as soon as all this started happening. Oh fuck! And one of them, they could have just courtesy. They could have jumped and told in. A, no, well, I'm, I mean, they weren't gonna do that. But at least they could have, they could have uh, gone to the bar. Or they told to the, the other bouncers. The guy on the way out, you know, like yeah. Tommy. Hey, man, the guy's getting handled on our behalf. The bathroom. So I started fighting these guys, and there's there ha- there's eleven of them, a, a group of eleven guys. They're all from the valley. Um, um, the, these are in town tourists, uh, not college kids. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, a little older, like 27, 28, older for that region. Yeah. Um, so anyways, I'm fighting these guys. And uh, I remember knocking one of them out. And uh, I'm getting worked over pretty good. So I grab a guy and I start choking him and I bury my face 
in in his back. So they they can't really hit my face while I'm choking him. Yeah. And they're hitting me in my back of my head and stuff. And then uh, finally the guy expires. He goes to sleep. I can feel him go limp in my arms. So I let him go. Then I, you know, go start hitting another one. I did some serious work on these guys. I, I, I knocked the guy out. I put two guys to sleep before I got knocked out the first time. And uh, the first time I got knocked out, I got hit in the head with a bottle. And uh, But the guy knew what he was doing because he caught me with the very... The 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 very bottom of the, the very bottom, bottom like the hard part yeah yeah otherwise they just break yeah sometimes they'll cut you but it's real um, aesthetic it's nothing serious cosmetic so um anyways uh yeah he caught me and I was out and then I you know but I was flashed out I I fell down and I woke up as soon as you know my my knees buckled and my butt was about to touch the ground I I woke up you feel like an MMA like an MMA knockout. <laughs> Well, I've never been knocked out in like professional competition. Oh, not knockout. I mean, that kind of feeling like you just hit the ground and you just oh, get yeah, back yeah, up because sure. your drilling still going. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I was, and and it was more personal. Yeah, in a fight, it's competition. The guy beats me, cool. You know, if I beat him, cool. It's competition. I'm gonna try my best. He's gonna try his best. I don't hate him. Yeah, this is not. This is different. These people are attacking me personally, with weapons and with groups. You know, of people. You know, in the cage, when I I fight a lot, but my my hardest fights are not in the cage. They're usually in the line of work, bouncing because foreign objects. Uh, in the cage, you're only fighting one person, and the person is of your equal weight. Weight, and yeah. you know, uh, the person has gloves on. You have gloves on. You have mouthpiece. You have cup. You know, there's a referee. You have the luxury of tapping out. You know, all that stuff. You know? Yeah, yeah, I get it. It's, it seems extreme, but it's really not in comparison. Um, this and, is uh, straight up fight. <laughs> yeah. So I'm in there for about, I'd say about eight or nine minutes. And, uh, and the other bouncer that's inside, somebody tips him off that what's happening in the bathroom. I've already gone to sleep once and, uh, and he comes in there and he starts swinging, you know? Yeah. And he's a real, real tough guy. Real, real good fighter. Um, I fought him a long time ago, just coincidentally, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah. And this guy's style is real flashy. You know, a lot of like axe kicks and spinning back. Yeah, like like Bruce Lee. It was really cool to see him come in there and just start going crazy because these guys were already having way more trouble than they bargained for out of me. Yeah. And even though there were so many of them, um, you have that mob mentality. Like sometimes whenever there's more people that you're fighting, it's easier because they all think there's more of us. I don't have to do much. Mm -hmm. You know, they all put it subconsciously on on the other people. So nobody's really ready to actually get in there and get their feet wet. Mm-hmm. When you're fighting a lot of people, they just assume that there's a lot, so yeah, well, they don't well, have to do much. Yeah, there's, there's enough to so go around. So you can single one out and just beam on him. And then whenever the other ones react, he could fall back and then focus in on another one and beam on him for a while. Anyways, Warren came in there, and we just started. We just opened up on these guys. And uh, we were actually we were doing pretty well, I'd say. Um, but we were still losing, you know, all in all. We were taking, we were probably taking a lot more damage. I got knocked out again and woke up again, and kept continued fighting. Both flash knockouts, um, you know. Finally, uh, the other a, bound, a, a bartender held the other door guy spot, and he came in there, and we actually started winning. And whenever we were knocking him out and and putting him to sleep, we were dragging him to the front, kicking him out, and you know, like telling. It was a gigantic. Like, I mean, at this point, you have cuts. You have oh yeah, fucked yeah, up yeah, eye. Your con- fuck your contacts at this point. Oh yeah, yeah, fuck my contacts. <laughs> yeah, um, 
So, anyways, yeah, basically we got enough of them out on the street to where the the rest of them ran out by themselves because they didn't want to be in there with us. And uh, then we're fighting them still out on the street. And at one point, um, I go and I grab this guy and I pick him up. And we're on the curb right there uh, in front of friends. Yeah. And I take him out into the street and I slam him on on the ground, you know, and his head bounces off the asphalt. And he's asleep. The, the, this is like a Friday or Saturday. The streets are blocked off. Yeah. Um. So there's no traffic. Um. So I get on top of him. I'm super mad. I'm I'm just upset at him. I'm very. I've lost my cool. You know. I have no like no train of thought of what I'm doing at this point. I'm that angry. Um. I get on top of the guy. He's uh, he's passed out, and I still just keep hitting him and hitting him. I'm hitting him, and then I hear like a, and then bam. All I know is it was I was out. You know, like I wake up later and, you know, there's an ambulance and cops and stuff. Yeah. And the third time I got knocked out, the guy ran up, you know, as I mounted his friend, I'm hitting him, but I'm, 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 I mounted him. So I'm, so I'm on the ground you know, I'm on my knees yeah. basically hitting him. And uh, so the guy runs up from behind me and kicks me in the face, you know, and that, and that knocked me out for a substantial amount of time. The other two knockouts were like, uh. Flash, you said. Flash knockouts, yeah. But that like third one, really. You know, when you turn somebody's chin, you can knock them out, but it's a, it's a like, you t- you put a twist in their cerebral cord, kind of. Yeah. Uh, you know, the cord that goes up their neck to their brain, and you put a kink in that. It's like putting a kink in a water hose, except, you know, it'll shut off everything. So it's like, uh, it's like uh, rebooting your computer. Mm-hmm. Like you're out, but just real quick, and then you you know you come back. Um, but the other, this was like a, a cranium type of knockout, like a concussive yeah, no, You went knockout. to the hospital and everything? Yeah. yeah. So what that happened? Did, all those guys Actually, got- I opted not to go to the hospital, but my roommate came down there and got me. At the time, my roommate was Cody uh-huh. um, from Pier. So uh, he came down there and got me. He was off that night, and uh, and uh, he stayed up with me. They told me not to go to sleep for like 24 hours. He stayed up with me, brewed coffee, you know, nursed me back to health, made sure I didn't go to sleep. You know, because that works? if I had a concussion, then I and if I went to sleep within 24 hours, I could maybe not wake up. And yeah, it worked. Um, oh I, wow! I stayed up with me all night. I went to sleep at, directly after 24 hours, and then, you know, the rest is history. I'm still here. Damn, what a story! And that's yeah. a great story. To yeah, that, that was the craziest fight I've ever been in downtown. That was the only time I've ever lost consciousness, and uh, and I lost consciousness three times in one night. Uh-huh. Only time that's ever happened in my life. Um, but I mean, that was one, one time out of like a billion altercations and the only time I've ever come up short ever. What I mean, and 11 motherfuckers. Yeah, just there, was, there, on there you. was 11 people in there with me. What I mean, at this point, aren't you like, I'm over this? Like, don't you want to? I mean, no, nah, because now, now I have a different stance with the bar. I could just not be a door guy, but. Honestly, I like it, man. I, I, I mean, like, they give you a reason to fight, and that's yeah, what you enjoy. I like, get that. It's my passion. You know, I always say, like, birds fly, fish swim, I fight. That's my thing. <laughs> that's, like, my driving force. And I cannot, I'm not going to, I've never been the type, uh, I'm a nice guy. I'm never going to, I'm not going to go around picking fights with people. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, but I put myself in a line of work that does require it. You know, there's more, they bring it to me more than I, that would be brought to me in the normal life. Because, you know, I'm... I work for the bar and I have to escort them and they're drunk and they're young and yeah, nature takes its course. But it, even if it was, um, I mean, uh, you are in the most, you know, 
I would say, I don't want to say, well, hostile, I would say, because like I said, it, it, like we said, it's uh, yeah, college sure. kids, drunk, they're, yeah. on, they're actually on a mission to yeah. get fucked up on and a I'm, Friday or yeah. Saturday, and you're and right I'm in the middle the of all that. I'm the authority, I'm the person who's, the only thing to stop them from getting too drunk or too crazy in the bar, it's just me. Yeah, but and you, you know want them to. Are, yeah, I do kind of want them to, but <laughs> exactly. I don't apply that, I don't apply that uh-huh. to like, my action. I, I keep it professional, I try my best, and... um you know, uh, you can only do so much, though, you know? Yeah, so much. And then you do a little bit, and then they yeah. see you know you're on the ground. That's you get right. choked out and yeah. dragged Nap. out of the club. Nap time. Shit. Dude, we've, been, we've been talking for two hours. Oh, man. I told you, it goes fast. Yeah, it yeah, goes it really fast. All right. Um, real quick. Um, do, 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 do. Any advice for anybody who wants to do that? I don't know why they would. Well, well for the girls, hell, I guess. You know, I, mean, I don't know. Like, uh, uh, advice for people who want to be a bouncer? Yeah. Well, or how to, I, I mean, like we said, we what we talked about how to get on the good side of a bouncer, and, and it's not that yeah. far-fetched of an idea. Just don't be a dick. I mean, whether it's boss, bouncer or bartender yeah. or whoever, don't be a dick. Yeah. I understand, we, everybody understands that it's at night, you've worked hard all week or studied yeah. hard all week, you want to let loose, you tr- you're drinking, trying to meet some girls, trying to get laid. Yeah. We want to stand all honestly, that. Honestly, yeah, and the bar wants you to do exactly, all that. exactly, yeah. and We're and then, that just work with us. And you know? dudes just really want you to do that, so it can put have a <laughs> so it can give him a reason to punch you in the oh, face. Oh no, <laughs> it doesn't hurt. It yeah, doesn't okay, hurt choke, 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 up. not punch, choke, <laughs> choke, choke out, so it don't hurt, and then you just fall asleep and you wake up on a sidewalk. Yeah, yeah. All, all is forgiven, <laughs> and you can come back the next day Sleep and start over, right? That's right. Let's <laughs> take five. Sleep so any off. any advice for people who want to do that? Well, people, I would say like the main thing that people like the with the the attitude that brings them into bouncing that is wrong. I think is uh, you get like nowadays you get a lot of that. A lot of people that uh, they they come down there and they're just like, man, I'm down here all the time. I, I party downtown, and uh, I like alcohol, and I like maybe they like drugs. I like women. So why not work down here? You know, they're like, and that's what, what drives them into bouncing, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that's the wrong thing. You know, you, it's not party time down there. It's a job. Yeah. I mean, it's a lax job, but it's it's still a job, you know, and these are the wrong things. Like, I know so many guys down there that have never even been in a physical altercation in their lives. They're not hostile guys. And I asked them, why did you work? Why did you start working now? I get to meet some bitches, man. Yeah, after after I go save their ass from whatever bars next to me, they're getting beat up at their door or whatever. I go save them. Then afterwards, I just try to have a one on one with them and just be like, man, let me ask you, man, what drove you to this decision? And yeah, it's always, man, you know, I'm down here all the time spending money, man. I figure, why not come down here and make some money, meet some girls, and you know, get free drinks and living uh, the life, drugs, yeah. And, like, all right, cool, man. Well, you deserve everything that's going to happen to you. you know? <laughs> if that's really what, what you're down here for, because that's, I mean, that's that's the wrong. Back in the day when I first started, bouncers were bouncers, you know. Like, people got hired only on on you know, what they could do, you know. Like, it was. I remember there was a time where most of the people that I worked with were also professional fighters or... Yeah, I know there was that big of a community of yeah. professional fighters who Off-season were Off-season arena turf football players, things like that. Yeah. They were big... Lurchy looking dudes. They look like bouncers. Yeah. Nowadays you walk down there and they look like Maroon Five, you know? They're all in, <laughs> they look they're like all One in Direction. Like, yeah. <laughs> they're all in skinny jeans and, you know, 
and trying to look pretty, like skinny little hipsters, you know. And that's all cool in theory. I know that for the 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 bars, they'd rather pay these guys so they can pay them less. They're they're paying guys that just want to be down there. Yeah. And uh, so they're paying them shit, but and it's a high turnover rate because as soon as one of them gets beaten mercilessly. And realize this, damn, maybe this isn't for me. Yeah, and they quit. And then they just fly instead. Yeah. Then they just hire the next, you know, little chump. Yeah. And, that, and they just, that's what. So you think. Because a door guy, I'm sorry, a bar has to have a door guy. Yeah. For liability reasons. Um, and uh, and it, it it makes business run faster because the bartenders don't have to ID. So they have to have one. But they really don't care what they can do or what they can't do. The law says they have to have one for these reasons if they want to not cart at the bar and if as for a liability you have to have you have to have some sort of protection mm-hmm. in case something happens. Right, of course. And uh so they have to have one, but that that's it. Like it doesn't matter who they have. So, so if, if they can pay them less and uh then they will and they get less out of them, you know, cuz they're hiring these little chumps. So would you say if you want to be a bouncer, go go to the gym? Go well, train, get some. Just uh, if, you, if you don't have experience fighting, or or you don't expect to be in a fight, don't be in a fight. I mean, don't be a bouncer because I get guys that come down there and they get beat up and they're literally crying tears and they're like, "Oh my god, I can't believe this happened!" and they quit. I'm like, "Shit!" and they're appalled. I'm like, "What the hell did you think was gonna happen?" You know, I didn't. It's like me getting a job to make a pizza, make pizzas, and then getting mad whenever I'm asked to make pizza. <laughs> you know, it's like you're a bouncer and you had to bounce once in your life and now it's all over for you. You thought because when you come down there, usually the guys are just hanging out. You know, it's always like that. It isn't always like that. I mean, it's it's rare that, a, you know, not I say rare, like one or two altercations a week. Yeah. Maybe average. Sometimes it's a lot more than that. Sometimes just four or five. I mean, on those big nights, night. if yeah. it's a you know festival or exactly, it's a relays weekend. Yeah. It's one of the it's biker week, Halloween, savings, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Damn. All right, um, that was good. That was a good talk, man. This is the longest we've talked in forever, forever, yeah, in the existence of time. Yeah, pretty much, and I really appreciate it. I know uh, you're busy, and man, I like the. Did we say fish swim, birds fly? I fight. That's right. But you never throw the first. You never throw the first never, punch. No, I don't. And that's just a professional thing. You shouldn't do that. And I mean, I don't really take pride in beating the shit out of like untrained college age kids. But at the same time, don't fucking put your hands on me and think it's just gonna be okay. You know, <laughs> you gotta learn. You're gonna learn life lesson. That's the most uh, valuable oh, thing. Oh, you're gonna learn. You're yeah. gonna learn today. Yeah, I'm not giving them a fish. I'm teaching them how to fish. I'm whooping <laughs> that ass. Teaching them something their daddy didn't teach them. Good. I was entitled, motherfuckers. And it's an honor for you to have asked me to come on. Yeah, thank you, man. Uh, anything coming up? Uh, uh, fights? Anything at Little Lounge? I have happening? a fight on January 10th. And uh, cool. it's in San Antonio. You know, I have a Facebook. You know, I have all the information on there if anybody needed to know how to get tickets. So just look up like Deuce that. King? Yeah, Deuce King, and my name is D-U-E-C-E yeah, King. Yeah, um, just put a typo in there. It's, that's how you spell it. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. And uh, uh, Lit, I mean, the next big thing we have coming up is uh, is going to be New Year's. And and what what makes New Year's unique for our region of 6th Street is Lit Lounge does more bottle service than any other bar on Dirty Six. You know, our really? our theme is upscale on dirty. 
So it gives you an upscale setting, but still on, on the dirty region. And of course, you know, kind of like what Pure was yeah. on a smaller, but with a smaller budget. I get you. Know, you. That's what we were, we were shooting for. And, and, uh, and you guys have been pretty successful so oh, far. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Good. And we're doing well for, for where we're at in time. And uh, I, would, I would just say, like, uh, last year we did really well. We sold out all the tables, and mm-hmm. we were even able to flip all the tables after, after the people were done with them. So, uh, you know, I would just say if, if you want to grab a table, do it now. Do it soon. And, uh, you know, mention that you heard this here, and we'll, we'll do something for you. Nice. Nice. You heard that? That's dope, man. I appreciate it. No problem. I so, appreciate you. but people can f- can find you at Lit Lounge. I mean, you, even though yeah. you're partnering, you're still at the door. Right? Yeah, I'm. See, I'm there every night. Every oh, night you want that fight? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I always told people, um, out of all the jobs I had in life, this is the one job that if I hit the lottery and I and I was two million, two million, two hundred million dollars tomorrow, um, I would still keep a, like at least a couple nights a week at, at the bar. Dude, you could go back to Seguin and like be a bouncer at those bars. I'm sure there's way more action too. On um, honestly, there's way more action, but um, I don't have health insurance, so I'm, <laughs> I'm get not shot. getting shot or stabbed. <laughs> Seguin, they, they don't play in those bars. All right. The other thing is, uh, in in Seguin, they're too small. They they just cart at the bar. There's no bouncers. Oh, okay. Probably because they would get killed. And, and Damn, it's like that. It's gangster. It really is. It's a bad thing. I believe you. I ain't going there. I wasn't going to San Antonio in the first place, but now I ain't going to Seguin. Yeah. I go yeah. float the river. That's about it. Yeah. Or go to, isn't uh, Bond over there? Uh, it's uh, San Marcos or New Braunfels. Yeah, one of, yeah, New Braunfels yeah. is my bad. Anyway. Those sounds are okay. Yeah. It's all the same stretch. All right. Um, cool, cool. Let me see. what's happening Real quick, what's happening this weekend? Uh, Thursday, go see Minds of a Different Kind in Afrofrec over at Spider Ballroom, 9 o'clock, uh, put together by Music and Mind, DJ Notion, DJ Z-Truck. Uh, it's 5 bucks, 18 plus. If you never see Minds of the Different Kind, it's just four kids, hip-hop artists, really dope, like conscious kind of shit, really nice, nice production too. Uh, if you want a destination, you go to Sahara Lounge that thir- on Thursday, uh, it's the third Thursday throwdown with Nick Page and uh, Ruby Jane and Duck Fresh. Uh, it's five bucks, twenty one plus. Those are always always good because the bands over there are really really good. Uh, bring your dancing shoes. Always bring your dancing shoes when you go to Sahara Lounge, whether it's for that or Body Rock. Always do that. Uh, Friday, if you're in the mood for some funk, it's a night of modern funk over at Holy Mountain, nine o'clock with Brian Ellis, Austin Boogie Crew. Uh, they're going to do a birthday party. Uh, uh, it's Chicken George's birthday that night. So go and say what's up. Uh, computer games will be there too. It's 21 plus. Go check it out. Bring your dancing shoes. I only plug stuff for people who can dance. That's my thing. Well, there's other stuff, but I like, you know, people always bitch. There's no place to dance anymore in Austin. I remember yeah. you like to dance. Yeah. That was, I was, I'm still that kid. Yeah. I'm pickier uh-huh. now about what I dance to. I don't dance to back that ass up anymore. Yeah. I already donated back then at Spill. <laughs> uh, so Friday what else Friday uh, Peligrosa uh, Empire Control Room uh, Control Room uh, with Venus X uh, 18, 18 plus 10 bucks 21 plus 21 plus 5 bucks never been, if you've never been to Peligrosa show you gotta check it out big dance party Latin music slash hip hop slash reggae slash everything uh, 11 of those motherfuckers on there uh, go back and listen to the show I did with Odeon uh, had Manny, uh, Chorizo Funk, all those guys. And then Saturday, if you're in the mood for something really chill at Brass House, 
Go see Terry Thomas. Uh, it's uh, Saxon Poets, so they're going to have some poetry um, by the Neo Soul Poetry Collective with Brian Francis. Uh, there's another band playing next door. They're going to have some food and everything. I mean, never menu at Brass House anyway. Uh, so go check that out at Saturday night. And that's about it. Oh, Saturday, December 13th, we're still on Frank. Um, feedback, anniversary party, four-year, and the launch of NowWire that I've been talking about for so long. So uh, we'll have all that information up, and I can make an announcement right now. We have DJ Ash from the Sophisticated Funk, and the president's DJ, DJ Mel, will be playing at the party. Uh, shout out to everybody uh, who's been coming to feedback parties, people who have been listening to the podcast. I appreciate all your all your support. Make sure you go on iTunes, subscribe, Stitcher, same thing, SoundCloud, follow, uh, follow me. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, all that good stuff. Instagram, at the feedback, B-A-K, because I love my name. I think it sounds cool. I think it does, even if you don't. People people spell back B-A-K now because of me instead of B-A-C-K. Super cool. <laughs> so that's about it, guys. Thanks a lot. Deuce, thank you. Thanks, Thanks for all the stories. Yes, thank, good luck to you. All the best with the fights. And I don't say good luck. You whoop all these motherfuckers anyway. Thank you. <laughs> I will talk to you next week. Ciao.